I, I don't know behind the scenes. And Quentin pu- Miller, publicly, put- I felt like Quentin minded his fucking business. And, and not only that, Quentin Miller didn't do anything wrong, and he's a talented, talented listen, very talented. listen, everybody did something wrong. No worry, I'm all right, listen, welcome to another episode of the new Rory and Maul podcast. I feel crazy saying that because like we in the house chilling and we have a, yeah. a a very special, special guest with us today. That worked when we were doing the BT Awards and had five minutes in a yeah. loud ass room. Yeah, speaking of the BT Awards, we uh we sat with drama at the BT Awards for the Media Hub and mm-hmm. the conversation was so genuine and so cool, we felt like we had to we had to have a more long form conversation. Nah, I appreciate that. So here we are today. Uh Jerome, welcome, man. Thanks for having me, guys. We know you're on the road right now with Wiz and Logic. Uh, Y'all had Jersey last night. Mm -hmm. Um, So we appreciate you just stopping by and kicking with us. Absolutely. It's a pleasure of mine. What what number of guests am I? How how many guests have you had? We're not like a super guest-based podcast like that. And it kind of has to be like friends to do the guest shit. I think Logic... I mean, who ended up becoming a friend, but he was the first time I think we did a guest that we didn't know. Yeah, that, uh, we like, that was our met. first time meeting him. Yeah, it's Logic. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. How how is that that tour with Wiz and Logic? It's dope. It's fun. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've been going out on tour with Wiz since 2014. Mm. So 2014, uh, went out with Wiz. I think it was called the um, what was that tour called? Um, Something with Kush, I would imagine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget the name of it, but it was. No, that was that was Fallout Boy tour. It was the one before. Pause at the boy. Um, so we did. It's <laughs> a first, wild name for a tour. <laughs> the first year we, we went out, it was me, Wiz, Jeezy, Rich Homie Quan, Sage the Gemini, mm-hmm. and I am Sue. Then the next year I went out, and it was me, uh, Wiz, and Fallout Boy, mm-hmm. and that was that was like two months. That was our longest two months, and that year was. We had just signed Uzi and we took him yeah. on the road and Uzi would come out on my set. Then the next year we went out, it was uh, Wiz, Snoop, Kevin Gates, Janae Aiko, and me. <clears throat> and then he didn't, He did he go out in 20? I don't think he went out in 2017. In 2018, he went out with Ray Schremer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some reason, however. Does Wiz ever go home? He works a lot. <laughs> yeah, he lives on the road. Wiz is on the road. Yeah, a lot. No, he God. works a lot. And and you know, it's it's dope to watch somebody of, of his caliber be able to tour like year after year yeah, after year, yeah. even if he doesn't technically have a hit record out. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely remember but, being out when like, um, um, what's the song called? Uh, you know, the big one, the Fast and the Furious. Um, right? yeah, that yeah, what's it called? No, see you again. Like yeah. we went out. Th- I think that was 2015, and it was that was when it was like on fire. Then. Mm-hmm. I didn't go out one year and Wiz wound up telling his manager, Will, like, yo, don't ever, we're never doing this shit without drama. Yeah. Again. You know, cause I'm no, like I, I'm in between acts. I keep the crowd hype up, you know, excited, yeah. you know, so it's no real downtime. It's just so underrated in shows. I feel like. Nah, it's, it's, you know, I agree. And I think, you know, it like <clears throat> what I've, what I've done with Wiz, <clears throat> you know, it's comparable to like, what Capri would do back in the day yeah. on tours or, you know, I know Clue, had, I did a couple during the Def Jam era. So then 19, we went out and it was Wiz, myself, Moneybag, French, and Playboy Cardi. Playboy Cardi wound up only doing maybe like two or three shows and then he dropped out of the tour. And then, Sounds you know, like COVID Cardi. hit and then we came back and this year it's Wiz and Logic, which is which is dope, you know. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely been familiar with Logic and his music over the time, but, mm. you know, I was, I, I can't front, I was a little surprised to see 
how big his fan base is. He's huge. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely huge. So, and, you know, going out with Wiz is, you know, Wiz is somebody that in the business, you know, I, I, I really consider like a friend, you mm. know what I'm saying? I, of course I know everybody. I'm not really the type of guy that like, you won't see me at a lot of like the quote unquote industry functions or, yeah. you know, I, I'll make, you stay I'll, to your circle, the yeah, guys that you I, connect with. I'm I'm with the fam. Like I'm yeah. I'm with my my business partners, my friends, mm-hmm. you know, our people. But, you know, again, Wiz is someone I've known since <clears throat> two thousand eight, two thousand nine, since I've been going to Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. I was definitely an early supporter. So, you know, he's a great guy and you know, we have a, a great relationship. So and I love it. I just love the vibe, you know, the summer tour. You know, with his fan base mm-hmm. and and going out, and what's what's really crazy, I'm a you know, is like this year is like, even when I like walk on the stage, like f- like when I come out for my first set, it's like I'm hearing these kids like literally chanting my name, drama, 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 and it's like wow, it's like even <clears throat> eight years in the touring with Wiz, you know, I'm at a place in my career where it's like you know, I'm as relevant as ever, you know, mm-hmm. and it, the audiences sometimes are, have get younger and younger. You know, mm-hmm. when I say, you know, if you was born in the year 2000 or after, you know, yeah. it's louder than, I don't think I've ever even said that on a tour, you know what I'm right. saying? And, you know, clearly there's more, there's majority nineties babies in there, but there's yeah. a lot of two thousands and after. And the fact that they're, you know, familiar with me or, you know, are still excited to see me is like, you know, it's, it's, somewhat surreal and, and very humbling in a way. And, you know, I know just my recent projects with, with Tyler and, you know, with, with Dreamville or, you know, them knowing me cause of Jack, like it's, 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 it's always interesting. Like what people know me for, mm-hmm. you know, there's a generation that clearly knows me for gangster grills. Right. You know, I meet women who know me cause of wishing my record mm-hmm. with Chris Brown mm-hmm. And there's people that know me because of Uzi and Jack. And now right. there's people that know me because of Tyler called me if you get lost. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just dope. Like just to, you know, and then there's people that know the whole span, but there's definitely like various audiences that are familiar with me because of a si- significant point or period in my career, you know? Does the set have to change because Does- of that? Especially with like logic being with Wiz and obviously a younger generation knowing you. My can you can you play the old gangster grill stuff um on this tour or do you have to kind of say I don't, I don't really touch on it. I mm. mean, you know, my, my set at all? Very little. I mean, like I on my first set I like I play some Wayne. Okay. But I don't play gangster grills Wayne. Like I don't play Canon, yeah. okay. for instance. Okay. Could I? Possibly, mm. you know, but I know they're more familiar with a Millie, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I, I just, I talk about like, you know, when I get on stage, I'll talk about like, yo, has anyone ever listened to my mixtapes? Is anybody familiar? And I, yeah. I get a lot of hands and, you know, they definitely know, call me if you get lost or, you know, people, people know my catalog and I, I hear them screaming out various things. So, you know, I've done tapes with everybody. So it's like, you know, whether it could be a Kevin Gates tape or a Chris Brown tape, like, mm-hmm. A Gucci tape, like it, you know, it the, the span of of what people, you know, love or are or, you know, uh uh like uh signify me with is mm-hmm. like always interesting to me. I'm curious if the logic fans would like Lil Wayne. 
I'd be terrified to DJ in front I of think, a. I, you know what? I feel like you way, don't play thirty six chambers, but they're also fourteen years old. So I feel like I feel like Logic fans and Little Wayne fans are kind of similar. Yeah, I kind of feel I, like they are. I mean, Logic is a spitter. Like Logic's a rapper, so mm-hmm. I feel like if you. A Logic fan, like when you say Thirty Six Chambers, are you talking about like Wu Tang? Yeah, I feel like you would have to play like that type of hip hop because I know Logic likes that type of shit. I'm sure he loves Wayne too, but I don't know if his fan base. I feel like they would be the purists, but they're also very young, so I wouldn't even know. Yeah, 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 I I think that's going a little deep. Yeah, because I feel like the younger fans would be the nerdy, like hip hop research everything Mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. I play more Uzi and more. F- fucking check West or I would be terrified. Then I do thirty six chambers per <laughs> yeah. se. You know, I was so. I was surprised to to find out and talking to like like kids born in two thousand. I was surprised to see how much they love Playboy Cardi. Like I had no idea. Oh my god, he was yes, like God. Oh, yeah, yeah, like I I, I did, I'm late to that. I oh, did he's not on a know whole that. Another level. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that. Oh. And I'm like, I'm talking about kids that are like 15, 16. I'm like, oh, who's your favorite god. rapper? Playboy Cardi. And oh, I'm like, yeah. really. Out of out of this world, you got yeah. Have you seen footage of Cardi's performances? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this shit is bananas. It's different. Like, it's, I, it's I have different not been thing. attacked online the way I have like Playboy Cardi fans. Oh, I yeah. thought it was the Barb's when uh, the Donda show happened, mm-hmm. and Playboy Cardi came out. And, yeah, like, the shit. I think I tweeted something like. Kanye brought out Insane Clown Posse. Oh, that was and, on your top. Oh, yeah. oh my. I, I could probably refresh it right now. This was yeah. what, six months ago? Right. Yeah, Still yeah. on my ass about yeah. that shit. Yeah, that, I feel like there's Uzi and there's Cardi and, uh, you know, they are like the the fathers of that generation in a sense. Like Thug is the grandfather and then mm. Uzi mm. and Cardi are the fathers and then, you know, there's there's you, the ones Do you feel everything them. comes from Wayne? I, I feel like a lot comes from Wayne. I feel like a lot comes from, I feel like there was Pac, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot came from Pac, like the DMXs, the Ja Rules, the 50, mm-hmm. the Wayne, you know, when it comes to style and, you know, just aura or tattoos or things like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, then a lot of, a lot of the rappers from there in a sense are, you know, of this generation are all Wayne babies. I know you, you're on, on the road with Wiz. Uh, what was the conversation like with you and Wiz in regards to the whole DJ situation in LA? <clears throat> um, so, you know, a friend of mine actually sent me the video before it went viral. Mm-hmm. I was I, I was in the club when he sent it to me, and I I didn't really like. I, I didn't really get a chance to like watch it, watch it, or I couldn't hear it. I think I watched it, but I couldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up that morning to it. And I had seen it went viral and, um, you know, like, you know, me watching it is like shit, like something had to happen. You know, Wiz is one of the coolest, most down to earth guys in hip hop, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, to watch, to watch that interaction was like, you know, and as a DJ, you know, it was like, or even as a man, you know, mm-hmm. I, off top, Wiz was wrong. Right. You know, like, I don't I don't give a fuck. It, it, it turned into a, like, a rapper DJ thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a man thing. Like, right. you can't put your hands on no man. Like, right. you know, and him him uh, hitting the kid's hat off his head, like, yeah. he was dead wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I also watched this, like, DJ campaign start. 
about like trying to cancel Wiz or, you know, we're not having this or, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I really felt like, and I'm going to just speak, I'm going to just speak the real since I'm with, I'm with good company. Like, mm -hmm. DJs at times can be very sensitive creatures. I was going to sure. ask, do you yeah. think DJs are some of the most sensitive in the a genre? Absolutely. I think rappers are too, though. Well, let's let's talk about DJs first. Mm -hmm. And then I, at, at one point, I would put program directors in that box too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Over the last seven, eight years, because of streaming, program directors haven't had as much power as yeah. they once did. Right. I mean, they're also very sensitive creatures. E Ebro's on camera now. Yeah. <laughs> right. So DJs and some of it is warranted. Some of it's not, but you know, DJs are the people that a lot of times break these artists music. Absolutely. You know, and then they feel like the artists go on and become these superstars and they don't double back or mm -hmm. show the appreciation or show the love, mm -hmm. which is sometimes true and which is sometimes not, mm -hmm. you know, and the thing I always, the thing about it with, so I felt like DJs were using this situation for their own personal sandbox to stand on yeah, and to be very self-righteous in a lot of ways. And, the you know, point the finger at Wiz and what he did wrong and say, Oh, we're not, and I'm not talking about any DJ specifically, right. by no means. Right. I'm just talking about as a whole, like mm -hmm. this whole DJ United thing. Like, like cut it out, guys. Like, you, I hear you it's guys a DJ argue. DJ Union all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, like I hear you guys arguing about somebody undercutting the other one or yeah. doing this or yeah. like, like fucking rappers have been disrespecting DJs f for a long time. Right. Huh. In this situation, if like there's public figures that we know in entertainment and in sports, mm -hmm. when a certain situation has become public mm -hmm. and the next thing you know, story after story after story comes out. Like, right. oh, whether it deals with women or what have you. However, that's not the case with Wiz. Like, it's not like after the situation happened, everybody had a horrible Wiz Khalifa story. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, like the man fucked up. You made a mistake, you know, I'm sure there's more to the story. And, you know, again, the DJ, uh, Mikey Danger, I know him. He's a great guy. He's a very humble kid. Like, he definitely didn't deserve that. And, you know, I'm sure he didn't want to be known or garnish the attention for being the kid that Wiz Khalifa knocked his hat off. You right. know what I'm saying? And, mm. you Does know, he have to change his name now? I, that's a question you have to ask <laughs> He has to rebrand? <laughs> but, well, he was in danger. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but again, like, and that was, that was something that I felt like Wiz owed him a one-on-one -on -one apology. Yeah, I agree. I know he reached out, you know, I, I don't know if they had ever spoken, but I also, you know, and I didn't want to come off as biased because I'm literally on tour with the guy right now, but I wanted to give him the opportunity to, you know, to at least like speak his piece. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I saw this, the DJs kind of like, you know, kind of like, just, I don't know, like, I, I don't, like, just starting this whole cancel campaign and, like, ganging up on Wiz, like, I felt it was unfair. And mm. I, I actually, like, was, I was trying to reach out to Kid Capri. Mm. Kid Capri went, you know, made a, made a statement. And, you know, Wiz, even him and Kid had their own conversation. MV and you got sat down with Envy, too, right? Envy to wound up it. calling yeah. me around that time. And I had just got off the phone with Wiz. 
and we were speaking and I was like, look, we could just go on my gram. Like he was like, yo, let's just do something. Like, let's go on your platform and, mm. you know, speak your piece. And I, and I was cool with that. And, and I don't, I don't want to underestimate my platform, but when MV called me and he was like, yo, I'll come down there. We can do it and put it on the breakfast club. You know, for me, it was like, it's not really about me. Like I could, I could easily. So just, do it myself and me go viral and it'd be a drama and whiz thing. But I was like, yo, having envy there, you know, two, two DJs of our stature. And then also having that, that platform at a breakfast club, I was sure that the message would, would, would gain attraction that was necessary mm -hmm. to put it all to bed. Cause at the end of the day, you know, the news was going to be old in three, four, five days and everyone was going to yeah. move on. But if, if whiz didn't address it, the DJs might not have moved on. And I was like, yo, I seen DJs making comments like, let's cancel Wiz. I don't even play Wiz in the club anyway. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. You don't even play the man's music anyway. <laughs> right. Like, right. what why are you so and why are you ready to why are you Wiz, ready to be Al Sharpton? Like cut <laughs> yeah. it the fuck out. And Wiz know? to me, it was it was surprising one because Wiz has always been known as the cool guy. Absolutely. And I think he had an uncool moment for the maybe the first time that I can remember. And DJs didn't like it. And like you said, I didn't even know Kid Capri had an Instagram. I didn't even know he was on social media. Yeah. I'm from the Bronx. I love Kid Capri. That's Girl, disrespectful. She, probably one of the first mixtapes I ever brought was a Kid Capri And tape. you don't follow him on the gram? I don't follow him on the gram. But it was good to Come see. On, it was good to see. No money him. bags under Capri? No, nah, nah, not at all. But it was good to see Kid Capri <laughs> voice his opinion right. and be like, yo, that was fucked up. And, because it was. But right. Canceling Wiz, right. Wiz is cool, bro. And, he had an uncool moment. That was all. And Kid, and, and, and Kid's perspective was... And he had just did the breakfast club and he had kind of been speaking about something similar. And he was like, I just don't want Wiz to be an example of younger rappers thinking it's cool to disrespect the DJ. It's honestly the Chris Rock, Will Smith situation 100%. With, with comedians. Like we have to nip this in the bud now because uh, we're just going to get smacked every show at it, this point. <laughs> it was, it was, it literally felt like the same type of situation, yeah. you know, and, and it was like. People were like, one, like, what, Wiz is such the cool guy. Like, what's going on inside of him yeah, that made him do else. that? Yeah, it was something Same else. Same thing they did with Will, where they were like, yo, yeah. Will, 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 Will is, like, we never would expect that from Will. And yeah. then, you know, here was the victim in Chris Rock or in Mikey Danger, where it was like, they didn't deserve that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And they and I've been so, to Poppy when Mikey Danger was DJing. He's not that bad of a DJ. No, he's, he's a great dope. DJ. Yeah, yeah, like, no. yeah he's, he's, he's had up, Poppy turned up a few he's nights. He's opened up for me plenty. No, he's a great DJ. Yeah. He's opened up for me numerous times in the last decade. Mm -hmm. And he's a great kid, man. He's a cool guy. And I'm, you know, again, like I said, I'm sure just the attention and what, you know, like, you know, he probably had DJs calling him. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he has some family members that was mm -hmm. ready to yeah. train to go. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. he was dealing with his own personal stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 you know, I, I felt for him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So he had an uncool moment, but we love Wiz. He's one yeah. of the coolest dudes in the game. Um, where do you see DJ DJing going in the next ten years? Since we were talking about program directors and radio changing, I feel like with the festival space, the DJs that get booked kind of got their name from radio, and that's how they're continuing their career. But there's plenty of DJs that didn't get in the space you did with actually putting out projects, and you're attached to things outside of just DJing, <clears throat> right? What does a new DJ do now? It's a great question because I literally had a DJ call me the other day. He was from Nashville. And he called me and he said, yo, 
I just need some advice. I got like five artists and we're about to do a show in Denver and I'm going out there and how much should I be charging or taking from these artists? And I had to, I had, I said, wait, wait, let's, let's take this step by step. Yeah. So first of all, you're a DJ trying to make a name for yourself in Nashville. <laughs> right. You're going to Denver in Nashville with five artists and respectfully, if you, if you watch this, this is the same thing I told you. So I don't, I don't want you to take it any type of way. Um, He's a DJ. He will. <laughs> <laughs> he had five up and five artists that he was trying to break. Mm-hmm. And he had a show in Denver. And I was like, bro, you're trying to do so much at once. First of all, artists literally are like your children. Right. You know what I'm saying? Take your time with them. Yeah. And they, uh, artists, you know, uh, need a lot of attention in a mm-hmm. way, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, and rightfully so, like mm-hmm. you're, you know, if you're an, a DJ or an executive or an a you know, it's your d- job to, you know, help their career heighten. So I had to break it down to, I was like, look, bro, first of all, when I was, you know, I had to brand myself first, you know, that was, the, that was my first goal, branding DJ drama and branding gangster grills. Right. So people were familiar with that. When I first started working with Tip or Jeezy, they were local artists. You mm-hmm. know, T.I. was signed, but he wasn't the national guy. You know, Jeezy, mm-hmm. like Coach K lived around the corner from me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I would make local, I would make show CDs for Jeezy for $100. So, <clears throat> and I just tried to explain to him that he was he was trying to take on too much at once. You know, and it's like, you know, as much as like, it's like, yeah, I came from an era where I was able to make mixtapes and attach myself to projects and artists and brands that DJs can't necessarily do. Like the mixtape space is literally non-existent right now. Yeah. I mean, people are still coming to me to do tapes, but you know, one it's for the nostalgia of it. And it's two because I'm already a brand, right. but like a new DJ, technically trying to make a mixtape is kind of difficult because mixtapes aren't what they used to be. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I had the advantage over the OGs in in my time because they didn't have the internet or they didn't have mixtape websites. So what they had to do to go hand in hand to get their name out across the country, my class was able to do faster Mm -hmm. because we had the internet and the accessibility. And then, you know, after that, you know, the Dat Piffs and a lot of mixtapes came. So it's like at the same time, but I also didn't have social media. I didn't have Twitter and Instagram and TikTok to, to move, you know, to move in, in that quick of a space. So I think everybody just has to take advantage of, you know, the accessibility or what, where you are in that space. And I told him like, the thing I told him was like, yo, look, what I did was I didn't, you know, I, I I took a formula that was hot up north on the East Coast and just applied it to Southern music. Like, right. yeah. I didn't invent the wheel. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I I utilized, like, the, 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 the artists and the space where I was. Thankfully, I was in the South where, you know, imagine if I would have moved to New York from Philly, I would have, you know, been competing with fucking – Everybody, everybody, you know, I was in, I was in an area where honestly the guys before me, the big oomps, you know, DJ jelly and, and oomp camp and, Mm -hmm. and, and other DJs, they weren't like focusing on like 
dope covers and they weren't like talking on their tapes or, yeah. you know, the one thing I do feel like I brought to the table was I, I, um, you know, like before me, people just would do like shout outs and yeah. shout to so-and-so, shout to Rory yeah. and Maul, yeah. like yeah. 125th street mm-hmm. or right. what have you. Like I started, I turned my shit into speeches yeah. and that was something new that I brought. But yeah, I didn't invent the wheel. Like I was, I was fucking biting the fuck out of who kid and green lantern. Mm-hmm. Like me and Cannon just used to like, Every time Who Kid or Green would drop, we would just go crazy. Like, oh my God, like, look at the fucking fold outs mm-hmm. Who Kid has with the MTV logos right. and the and and the eight page spreads and and green, like with his drops. And you know, mm-hmm. there would be no Gangsta Grills drop, Little John's voice or no cannon drop if it wasn't yeah. for green. Mm-hmm. So when I told and so I say that to say that, like, look, like, I'm not telling you to go invent the wheel, but like, you know, you have to. You have to find to your lane. Yeah. You have to. But you guys you know. were a bit more hands on, I feel like. And that's why I think DJs need to go back to to brand themselves because it isn't, hey, submit a mixtape to me and put your drops in the front and back. Like, yeah. you and Cannon were really putting those together with 100%. the artists. And I think that's what DJs kind of need to do, even in the TikTok era. Like, my man Austin Mills, Dope. DJs gigs and shit. Congrats, but his man. biggest thing now is doing these remixes on the NPC right. on TikTok, and, and that's what's fire. getting booked at Coachella. And then he, like he, it's he, not he just, just got a record deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody like Austin Mills is great example. Like I, I love watching him on the ground. I'm not really heavy on TikTok, but mm. you he's, know he's doing the same thing. The on remixes TikTok. that he does, like them shits, is fire. And you know he brought something to the table, and he just wound up getting a record deal. Like perfect example of somebody who utilized his platforms and brought something to the table. He gets booked at festivals. Mm-hmm. His remixes are fucking fire. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, dope. Like this, here's a, you know, here's somebody that, that gets it and mm-hmm. figured yeah. it out. And you just got to, you that's know, the, the beauty of figure it out. Getting oversaturated to some degree. Cause now talent has to separate everybody. And it's, but it's always, it's not just playing music anymore. <laughs> it's, it's not, but it was oversaturated when I was sure. There was a, a thousand DJs out, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah, but now it's like, I think it's a different level of saturation out of because everybody you don't even can, needs DJs. Yeah, like everybody can have a platform almost. If you have social right. media, you can push your shit to everybody for sure. See it, but it's oversaturated in general because now, like every Friday or Thursday at midnight, a hundred thousand songs drop on yeah on DSP. So. Every generation has been like the the OGs before us. Like if they looked at our generation, they would probably say, "Yo, it's a million fucking DJs and everybody's just mm-hmm. putting exclusives on there." And mm-hmm. you guys aren't making real mixtapes because we used to scratch and blend, and right. yeah, you know right. what I'm saying. Right. So you know, I can't be like you guys aren't doing what I was doing because you know that's that's old guy talk. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it's definitely. The world is oversaturated now more than it ever has. And, you know, because of like social media and, and outlets, like we get at, information so fast now with everything. Yeah. So, you know, you got to, but it's, it's a, you can figure it out. You can do it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You got to, you just got to, you got to, you got to do it. Like, if, and then, and I look at it like if you really love it and you love your craft and, bro, I was doing this shit when I could barely pay my water bill. Like, I wanted to talk about that. So you literally drum, you've come. You've come up through, I think, almost every level of the music industry. A&R, DJ, executive now. Like, you Ar- obviously- Arrested. Right. You obviously, <laughs> you obviously are somebody that loves music and 100%. loves the culture of hip-hop. 100%. To the, the, the guys that are starting out now, like we were just talking about, 
what is it? What is what's important for them to know going into it? And as far as their like their goals, like is it should it be money or should it just be about changing something in the culture, leaving their imprint and helping other artists and helping other because from a college student, mm-hmm. yeah. DJ, right, A and R to now an executive of you know an imprint and a label with some of the most influential and successful artists that we have in the culture. And I have a Grammy. And you have a Grammy winner. Like, that's a, you know what I mean? Like, that's almost like, yo, here, look at what this guy did. Right. And try to follow that. Right. <sighs> Maul, like, this is as true as I can tell it. Like, when I started DJing, my goal was to get my name on a flyer. Like that's wow. that was the top of the top for me. Mm. Like when I went to see Juice, and my mom bought me a turntable and a mixer, and then I convinced my grandparents to buy me. She, I, I had a belt drive for DJs watching, and then you know the the Technique twelve hundreds are direct drive, mm-hmm. so the belt drives like you can't really when you jig a jig it like takes a while. So mm-hmm. I got I got my technique 1200s, you know, I got, I bought my first mixtape, um, on 125th street, DJ SNS old school part two. Wow. I was fascinated with mixtape culture, but like, yeah, like when I was in high school and I was DJing, like, yo, I was like, when I used to go up to broad and Erie from central high Mm -hmm. and people would pass out flyers. I was like, man, I got to get my name on a flyer. Like I got to get my name on a flyer, Mm -hmm. you know? So everything that I've accomplished is like, it's like, it's been extra, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, you know, and, and I've had so many moments, like when I made Trapper Die, I was like, how the fuck am I going to, like, what am I going to do next? Like, then right. dedication happened, mm-hmm. you know? Or, you know, then I put in, put my album out or after the raid and, you know, like I became a fucking hip hop martyr, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, put an actual album out or, you know, when I, then I was like, okay, like I'm putting albums out, but I'm not having records that really translate. And then I made Oh My and it was like, mm-hmm. I finally had a record that was heavy in the club. And then my moment happened and it was a top 20 record. And then, you know, we formed Generation Now and we signed Uzi and it was like, then it, then it was like, okay, you guys, you guys did it, but you know, can you do it again? Right. You know, so like I, a lot of my career, I've I've felt like somewhat of the underdog at times. Mm-hmm. And I like that space um, because I, I thrive off of it, you know, and even just recently, like who would have thunk 22 years later, I would win a fucking Grammy for a mixtape series that I, I started, you know, in the fourth ward, like in my humble abode where I could literally pay my water bill and, you know, here comes Tyler, the creator with his genius idea, mm. you know, and, and me being a part of that, you know. Um, so what I would my my advice to those coming up, like, you know, unfortunately, when it comes not unfortunately, but in hip hop, like it's not. It's 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 not it's comparable to to sports mm-hmm. in a sense, like, you know, you go from college like 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 an artist is like when they're coming up they're they're playing college ball right and then draft day is when you get your record deal mm-hmm. but then you still got to go to the league you got to do something and you got to really ball yeah. and you got to 
you know, once you get your deal, just like you're in the league with LeBron and Steph and, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, Russell and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Giannis, once you get your record deal, then you're in the game with Dirk and baby and Mm -hmm. Hove and Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z and Wayne and and Drake and Mm -hmm. Cole. And so, when you, if you want to become a lawyer, you have to go to law school. You mm-hmm. have to pass the bar. If you want to become a doctor, you have to literally, you can't just be sit, say, oh, I'm a doctor. Right. In hip hop, anybody can technically say, oh, I'm a DJ mm-hmm. or oh, I'm a rapper. And they could be doing it for six months and you could literally get a record deal or make a record that translates and becomes a hit record, mm-hmm. which is dope. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm somebody that I've always felt like one of the reasons why I'm here and one of the reasons why I've sustained a career and been through so many generations of hip hop and so many time and and spaces is because I'm really a student of the game. Like I'm really from the cloth. Like I did this because I love it. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I didn't do it. You know, we all love to make money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I love money. You know, mm-hmm. it's great. But that's, I didn't start doing it because I wanted to make money. I did it because I loved music. I right. loved yeah. hip hop. Like, right. I loved that feeling of hearing a, a, a new song on Clues Tape or going to school, listening to Smith & Wesson or fucking when Tribe would drop or when mm-hmm. Wu-Tang Forever came out or when Outkast would come out like in so many places so i just feel like and specifically for djs like you know 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 your history you know yeah at the the minimal right right you should be able to kind of know because it's it's only going to help you like one of the reasons why i knew like when me and tip first like kind of came together was because i was like okay jazzy jeff and the fresh prince Eric B and Rakim, like Jam Master J and Run DMC, Who Kid and Fifty, like Green and M. Okay, I found my guy. Like mm-hmm. this is my guy. That if if I attach my movement to his, we come up together. And right. you know now, not only am I just gangster grills and making my brand, people also so associate me with this guy who's claim. And and showing that he's the king of the South. So, mm-hmm. and that was because, you know, I was a student of the game and I knew that as a DJ, like a dope way to come up would be to, you know, connect with an artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So first day in ours with DJs. A hundred percent. Anyone you know? could play the record that's already number one. Right. I can hit play exactly. too. <laughs> exactly. And that, and that and that's one thing about like when I get booked at gigs or doing shows, like, you know, I, I love to play the records that are hot, but yeah. you know, people also I want to play something new. Even if they're, they looking at me like, I'm like, yo, remember where you heard it first. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a way to break a record. And I think that that's been part of my success. And that's what I would tell a lot of like, you know, up and coming DJs that there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways for you to, um, to get to the level. Like if, if I can do it, so can you, like I was a fucking kid in Philly making little mixtapes and, I'm a Grammy award winner. Like you just, at the end of the day though, but like if you do it for the money or if you do it for the women or if you're doing it for the fame, all that shit is cool. And I'm not saying that you can't achieve that and Mm -hmm. that's dope, but 
at the end of the day, I do it for the culture. Mm. Like I, I love putting on for the culture. Like I love the fact of, you know, when people look back, like when my story is told, when we talk about legacy, like people and be like, yo, drum really left a stamp on the culture. Like at the, at this time, at this time, at this time, like over and over again. And that's, that's what I thrive off of. And that's why I'm so successful. Cause you know, I really like, I'm really like that. Like I'm really from the cloth. Like, mm-hmm. and even with gangster grills, like I, I loved when I was able to like do a little brother tape and do a Pharrell yeah. tape and do a dead Prez tape, mm-hmm. do a childish Gambino tape and work with Tyler because it's like, you know, here's this brand that started, you know, as like Southern trap music, but yeah. it's like, you know, my roots, I was a backpacker rat. Like I yeah. used to DJ lyricist lounge mm-hmm. and you know, Gangster Grills is what took off. And, you know, it's it's like, it's almost like John, I, I, rest in peace of John Singleton. I like to compare it to like a movie director. Like mm-hmm. John Singleton's first movie was Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. which was like at the time, you know, that was, those were the movies that were popular in the, in mm-hmm. the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Then he went on to make Higher Learning and Poetic Justice mm-hmm. and Baby Boy. So that's how I look at my career. Like, yeah, I got in the door with Gangster Grills is like, this fucking, you know, trap street uh, platform. But now I can navigate as a director and mm-hmm. take take my brand in so many different lanes and, you know, work with various artists from various backgrounds to show, like, you know, like, yo, I do this. Obviously, iTunes and streaming put the nail in the coffin, but do you think your success killed the mixtape? Say that again. Do I think my success killed the yeah, did you kill, did you, did you fuck think DJs up the, the The attention <laughs> that Gangsta Grills brought, and then obviously with the Fed case, do you think that killed the mixtape? So one, yeah. When when the raid happened... Like, you know I, in uh, American Gangster when he wore the fur hat at the boxing match? Right. Was Gangsta Grills that fur coat and hat at the, at the front of the fucking boxing ring? <laughs> in a sense, I could say that it was. Like, I think that you know, because of like, I was top of the food chain. Like I was the go-to guy, you know? And like when that happened, like the mixtape game was forever changed. Yeah. And I, and I felt a lot of guilt for that. You know, like I, I did, like, I always felt like, you know, I came up like studying doo-wop and Tony touch and Ron G and SNS and clue and all these guys. And it was like, damn, when I become, when I became that guy, the shit dies on my shoulders. Like, mm. you know, I, I did. I felt like I felt guilt. Like, mm. damn, I don't want to be the I don't want to be the the guy that killed the mixtape. You know what I mean? And, you know, so after that, like I continued on going and I kept putting out mixtapes and there was a resurgence. And, you know, after the raid, Dream Chasers happened. There is no competition happened. Like. Um, but for the most part, those were all original music, right? Dream Chasers. Yeah, for the most part, they were all, I mean, but, you know, Dedication 3, 4, 5, 6 happened. Radio. You know, Dedication 3 was probably one of the first tapes we did after. That was probably the biggest tape that came out after the raid um, during that time. But I also feel like, you know, the internet was becoming... Like when I was, when I, during my generation, like that piff was like the enemy to us yeah. because they were giving like 
free mixtapes. Like we love them. By yeah, the way. exactly. Like, <laughs> like great platform. Yeah, <laughs> like y'all. Like give me that shit for free. Exactly. So like the consumer loved that Biff. Uh, my DJ class, we were like, yo, what the fuck, y'all fucking our shit up. Like we want to go to fucking mix unit where we're mm-hmm. selling them for you know, where they're buying boxes off of us and we're selling them. Do you think so, that's a little hypocritical though? Well, because if you look at, no, let's, say, because, let's say sky's the limit. I don't know who produced that, but Mike Jones and that producer, I could say was looking at y'all like y'all were looking at Dat Piff. 100%. Like, that's my beat. And now you're making money off something uh, without any publishing, any contract. A hundred percent. And then. Get your pH balance. Um, thank you. You know, <laughs> then I started getting calls. Then I started getting calls, you know, my man Tech, who manages uh, 2 Chains, mm-hmm. called me and was like, yo, Shout out to Tech. Live Mixtapes wants to reach out to you. They want to have a convo. Mm-hmm. They want to talk. So then I, I went into a deal with Live Mixtapes where I was like exclusively dropping tapes on their platform. Mm-hmm. Then that Piff reached out to me and said, hey, listen, come on over here. We'll offer you X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I probably made more money during the Dat Piff era than I made during my early mixtape eras because Dat Piff was literally paying me monthly a salary. Yeah. So if anyone did a Gangsta Grills, it had to drop exclusively on Dat Piff. Mm-hmm. Then they started cutting real checks. Mm-hmm. So first they were cutting they were cutting checks to DJs, and then they started cutting checks to artists. Yep. All that. And so let me just back up a little bit. So then at the, around the time that the raid happened, you know, the, the, um, um, the blogs, the blogosphere were becoming the new mixtapes, like two dope boys, nah, right. Mm -hmm. Um, rap radar. Mm -hmm. That's where people started to get their new music from instead of mixtapes. So it was, then it was, it went into that space. They became the new mixtapes. And then, this whole crop of new artists came out where they were putting on mixtapes without DJs. Yeah. Cole, Kendrick, Wale. Drake, Wale, uh, Wiz. And and sometimes a, a few of them at some point used DJs, but then they were also, you know, Cushion OJ, So Far Gone, like, um, we, we, you know, Section 80. Like, mm-hmm. those were all mixtapes in a sense that were mixtapes, but they didn't have DJs. So, I feel like a phoenix arose from the raid yeah. and you know literally the the mixtape business be, became even bigger than ever like the money that that piff was in live mixtape started throwing around to yeah. artists and the rappers mm-hmm. was insane yeah. like I was making I was making crazy money during that time mm-hmm. and then Drake went and did um if you're reading this what's it called if you're, if you're reading, reading this, it's too, too late. late. If you're reading this, it's too late. And he put it on the DSPs. Yep. That's where everything Which was originally changed. supposed to be a DJ drama Gangsta Grills tape. There were talks. Yep. We did have talks about it being a Gangsta Grills tape. Got- and even before all that, Future the Prince reached out to me. Mm. And because of Drake, the brand, and the business, he was just like, look, we're not... We would love. We wanted it to be a Gangsta Grills, but when it comes to Drake, there's so much money involved 
whether it's with the producers or writers or label that they weren't able, like the way that tapes were dropping before that. Yeah. You know, if it's, it's crazy because if the times were now, it would have made sense. Like what I did with Tyler, exactly. but because it was new at the time, mm-hmm. they were like, we can't, it, 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 it's just too much business involved in it where it, we have to do it this way. And mm-hmm. it feels you know what I'm like saying? It, it, it would almost kill it because it would be sold. And it's like gangster girls is supposed to be free. At that time, exactly. it would have yeah. felt that and way. Like, and it's like, and hey, we're like going against said, what the whole shit was. Yeah, and like you said, hypocritical. Like, yo, after the raid, I I started giving away free mixtapes. I didn't sell them. Like, here, I, I'm not doing this for the money. Like, yeah. I was loving making the money, but I'm going back to, for promotional use only, let's put them out however we put them out. Mm-hmm. So once Drake went to the DSPs with a quote-unquote mixtape project, mm-hmm. then everyone followed suit. And that was when the streaming era came and then the lines got crossed. That on. also killed the first album. Cause you have artists that put out three projects on DSPs and then it's like, here's my debut. Right. And <laughs> then, like, and then you it sold beca- the first three. It's not mm-hmm. a mixtape. Exactly. So then, then the lines got crossed where the word mixtape just became a word used. So the pressure of the album exactly didn't come. Yeah, right. So you it could was say a street record. Exactly. So you could put a mixtape, but it's, you still, the shit, during my era, like the, 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 the fascination of it is we didn't have to cross our T's and dot our I's and do all the paperwork. Yep. Right. And Wayne could just rap on any fucking beat no right. structure, and we put it out. It. Like it was the wild, wild West, mm-hmm. you know, once the DSPs came along, then every, even if it was a mixtape, you still had to do the same paperwork as you would an for an album, right. you know? So people were literally just throwing the word around just, you know, hey, this is my mixtape, so don't feel like this is my album and hold me to the numbers or what yeah. have you. Um, side note, because I do want to get back to the Drake thing in a second. When we were talking about like the DJ union coalition all coming together for Wiz and all that, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. Was there any talks of DJs coming together to start what is now Dat Piff? Like you guys did have the control over that, whereas Dat Piff shouldn't be paying y'all. That could have been y'all shit. I always felt like, damn, like, I could have did this. Mm. Like, and shout to my man KP, mm. um, great guy. You know that Piff. I made a lot of money with that Piff, and I do appreciate them. Um, but yeah, I thought about it. Like, damn, imagine if I would have created drama like the DJ dot mm. com and had that space where, and you know, instead of me. Instead of that Piff paying me yeah. to drop the tapes on their site, I took all the traction. All ad revenue. All, and yeah. all the ad revenue and had my site Insane. where it was like, or gangstagrills.com where it was like, you want a Gangsta Grills? Okay, we got to put yeah. it out this way. Mm-hmm. And who knows, you know, if if that Piff was literally paying me 30 grand a month, like right. imagine what they were making mm-hmm. where I'm thinking about, damn, if, imagine if I had my own platform where it was mine and and you know flex tried to flex did it to an extent mary did the app i thought that was kind of innovative flex did the app you know mixtape out with it which was a good mixtape like and shout to karen civil to with her assistance with how she did in flexwetrust.com like i felt like he 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 
he got the closest to doing it. But absolutely, like, I thought about that all the time during that era. Like, damn, imagine if I would have really created my platform where I was the one where you would drop a Gangsta Grills and I was getting the ad revenues and the type of money that I would have seen. Aside from if you're reading this, it's too late. Obviously, being Drake, what's one artist that you really, really... Because I feel like the Tyler uh, album now... I feel like now you can do that. It's not just rap. I feel like you can do a Jasmine Sullivan Gangsta sure. Grills. I feel like you can do a Her Facts. Gangsta Grills. I would you love to hear his saying? drops on hotels. And yeah, I've like, done stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. like Verde Terrace. Yeah. Oh. Like Verde Terrace. Like when I, if you hear me yeah. on Verde Terrace, it's like I used a very calm voice on yeah. there. Or Chris Brown in my zone. Or Jeremiah Late Nights. Right. Like, right. Yeah, so I've done, I've done them in that lane. So yeah, like... There's no, there's, there's no artist that I personally that I can't, you know, put my bells and whistles on. Have you had to say no to somebody though? Um, and you're a really nice person. Your your name shouldn't be DJ Drama. You're actually a great guy. I appreciate this. It's really been it's, <laughs> when I met you for the first time. I was like, there's nothing drama about this. Yo, He's it's, like such a good person. It's been the gift. <laughs> it's so crazy. I I really feel like when I chose that name, God like. <laughs> winked at me like yeah. oh i got you yeah like it's been the gift and the curse of my name because <laughs> i've i've had my share of drama in my career you have but, mm-hmm. you know like yeah i i definitely feel like i'm a a kind-hearted very humble person especially of a man of my stature in the business for sure um almost too humble let me just put that out there I, for you. and almost, you can really almost talk too nice your shit no I, no you're you, right you you no, have a right. roster I, and you I, have I, the I stats and the numbers to really be out no, here talking I, crazy. I could talk crazy and yeah. i do at times but you know even my team has to be like bro you're you're dj drama like right like get on your shit right you know what i'm saying so you know i'm i, I i'm i might be too humble at times like i'm really that guy like you know and there you go i like let me smoke to that like Please do. Like, yeah. like I'm really like that. Like, there's, like, okay, like, let's talk verses. Like, mm. bring it on. I don't give a fuck who you want. Like, I'm I'm with all the smoke. So, so have I ever said no? And how did you I've say said, it? I've said no. Um, <sighs> Bow Wow came to me at a time. <laughs> Friend of the show. Was crazy. And I would like a Bow Wow Gangsta Girls. Wow. <laughs> What's crazy is I remember his DJ was Shaq Kim early mm-hmm. on, who now DJs for New Edition. Yep. Yeah. And when Gangsta Girls first like was coming up, I went to Shaq Kim like, yo, I want to do a Bow Wow Gangsta Girls. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And mm-hmm. then Bow Wow came to me. What year are we talking? What is this Lil Bow Wow? Bow Wow? No, Shad, this is Bow Wow. Mr. 106. This is like, okay. This was in a it was in a time where I felt like I wasn't able to give Bow the tape because of, I felt like the brand, you know, because of where the brand was, I was a little nervous on how it, how it would be taken in a sense. So this was in a, this had to be, it was in between 2010 and 2015 around that time. Okay. So you know, and I didn't necessarily tell him no. And that's my guy. Like, Bow's my no, guy. Bow's like legend. Yeah, he's a fucking legend in so many ways. Hip, hip-hop's Forrest Gump is what Absolutely. I call him. He's, he's seen everything. And, <laughs> he's, and touched a lot. Yeah. 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 So, salute the Bow. Yeah. Um. Now, there are projects that I was supposed to be a part of that I 
that I wasn't that, you know, I don't want to say regret, but yeah, like, damn, I missed out on that. Which like, one? Um, Drake definitely won it against the grills mm-hmm. early on. Um, you know, I think he still kind of might feel a way about that. And about not getting one. I mean, you know, I mean, I did want to get into that whole thing. We can get into it now after yeah. you answer the no question. You know, I mean, listen, he's had an illustrious career. Mm-hmm. I'm he's sure doing he, okay. <laughs> not too shabby. Not too bad. He hasn't done too bad for yeah, himself. Yeah. So not too bad. I'm sure he's, he's making ends meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure he's he's cool without having the gangster grills, but but Drake is a hip hop head first. A hundred percent. And I feel like I mean, he a did gangster grill. He is did something. a DJ Small Southern Smoke tape. Right. So I, all the comeback right. season is Dilla beats. Like he's, right. he's one of those. Like, yeah, there was a time and a space where, you know, he, he, he did. And, you know, I, I can admit it. I kind of front it. So like, as did a lot of people when you it came fronted to on him, when it came to doing it, I didn't, we didn't, we didn't do a tape, right? you mm. know? So this, I'm talking about like, Oh, seven, Oh, eight ish early. Yeah. Early. Um, you know, Nikki beat me up. Scotty was supposed to be against the grills. Oh, wow. Mm. Travis, uh, what, what is it? Before day, beep, days before rodeo. Beat me up Scotty would make a lot of sense for, a that, was, that, that was supposed that, to, that was supposed to be against the grills. And then her, I, and I was with it. Her manager, Miss Deb at the time basically felt like I was more team Jeezy. So, and at the time holiday was, you know, kind of part of their camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Deb convinced Nikki to do the tape with holiday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of, to be, I don't, to be honest, I didn't fight for it. So, you know, I'm sure if I would have like been like, yo, no, 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 fuck that. Like I'm doing yeah. it. But so I kind of let that one go. Humble. So I, but I, think I that regret probably, that. Of course it worked for Nikki and Drake. I don't mean it in that way, but. I mean, imagine it, if that was part of the gangster girls. That's le- crazy. It would have been like, crazy, but yeah. I don't know. Scotty. Yeah. Like, that would have been, that, that's, that's definitely one. Who, who knows if we get so far gone the same way. Let's say the gangster girls Drake mixtape goes crazy. Now Drake is pigeonholed into whatever sound y'all did for that. That's happened before. I think he would have been all right regardless. I do too, but I'm, I'm saying I don't know if we get so far going the same way. Yeah. Because if you see some success in a certain area in a fan base, sometimes you have to lean into it. You go back to it. So who knows if Drake would have had to do that rather than like, yo, I'm going to sing a lot. <laughs> so yeah. far going is going to be the better 808s. I don't so, know if that So happens. you're saying I did him a favor? Yes. You, you did the culture of favorite drama is what we're saying. Uh, is <laughs> I there, think the higher power let Days before Rody. The oh, then it was supposed to be a Drake and Gucci tape. That would have been crazy. Oh, when he had first came home? Gucci was was Gucci home yet? Because they did was, that record right when he came home. Well, remember they there was like three records they did because mm-hmm. they wound up on our tape. They wound up on on um the remember he did the he did the three the Cold War series. It was yep. one with me, one with Scream, and one with another DJ. Love Scream. And then the three Drake records wound up were on my tape because yeah. you know the first time Drake and Gucci had ever spoken, I. I put them on the phone together. Mm-hmm. We were on a three-way call. I never forget. I think I was in Pittsburgh at the time. And I got Drake and Gucci on the phone. They talked. Drake told Guap how much, you know, he was a fan of his. And, um, yeah, they talked about doing it. We were going to do a Gangsta Girls together. And it, uh, it it didn't come out for some other reasons that I, I, won't, I won't dive into on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And then I'm thinking there's 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 another one I'm missing. Love is Rage was supposed to be Gangsta Grills. 
Okay. But we chose as a team, as Generation Now, to not, to do that, to not do that um, without me. Because honestly, when that project came out was right in the midst of the Drake and Meek situation. So we're like, listen, we don't want to even... Like let Vert, and I think it worked out. For I was about Vert, to say so. I, that lended itself just to be a project itself. Yeah, that's a good executive goal rather than a DJ and goal for sure. Jack Harlow has definitely taken me off. I've I've done a lot of lot of talking and drops for a Harlow project and and have gotten removed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it worked out. So well, Yo, I, the whole um, Drake and Meek thing. Yeah. I know you have relationships with both of them, obviously. I do. And you've probably talked about this a thousand times, but... thousand and one. Heck yeah. The whole Drake-Meek situation. You know that you, you What's have... What's that? There's a little situation that happened a few years ago that may have... Uh, Not familiar. ...changed the entire trajectory of a lot of uh, situations in our culture. I've heard about that. Um, I've heard about that. Your position in that whole thing yeah. I don't know if you've ever really talked in depth about it. I have. But looking at things now, <laughs> do you feel like your role was as big as it seemed at first in that situation? Um, I had a role. Um, what can I say that hasn't been said? Yes. Has accountability been said? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I've taken accountability for my role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you called both of them sensitive on camera as well? Say that again. Have you called both of them sensitive on camera as well? No. <laughs> okay. I've never called both of them sensitive. I'm sensitive. I'm just saying. Um, it's not a, an insult. I um, I've had, I've me and Drake have definitely had direct conversations about it. You know offline you know mm-hmm. and i've um i've taken accountability um what was the first drake conversation like um the first drake conversation and how did it happen the the first actually it was it was 2018 and it was after meek and drake came out together okay and I actually I wound up at Forty Forty Club with Meek, and I told I said, "Yo, call that nigga right now. Put me on the phone with him. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> y- y'all not gonna like, you know, because I watched it all happen, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so Meek called Drake, mm-hmm. and you know, and don't you hate when friends that were beefing become friends again? You feel and what now, I'm saying? And now and they're like, beefing with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, <laughs> you know. Like, wait, me, y'all friends again? Yeah. Yo, Drake was my guy. Like, right. you know, we right. was like, we was good. Like, yeah. anytime I would go to Toronto, like, he would come to the club yeah. or we'd go out to, to eat or, mm-hmm. you know, we, I, I went to multiple OVO fests and like, mm-hmm. you know, that was really my guy. So, right. you know, Meek put me in a line of fire, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And again, I've taken accountability for it, you know, um, but yeah, the, the first convo was, you know, Meek FaceTime and Drake and and me getting on the phone. And I think it was around Drake's birthday. And, you know, like we we spoke, we we chopped it up and, you know, said, what's up, what's up, what's up. And then uh, later on, you know, through DMs, you know, we, we had some 
some some small talk just about you know you know me owning up to you know the 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 uh the the uh the the, the my my part in mm. how everything you know trans transpired and you know a lot of it honestly too is i mean like unfortunately you know the person that like suffered the most was was quentin you yeah, know like, and like I mean, my next question my guy right spoken too. to him before you know yeah i've spoken to quentin on numerous occasions and you know i mean i i definitely like and even my my quarrel with meek at the time like was like yo bro like you're just you're not only thing you're thinking about is yourself like you're you're messing with this man's livelihood you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like you're not thinking about like how that's gonna affect like his life you know right. what i'm saying and like his trajectory within mm-hmm. what he's trying to accomplish you know yeah. all for your own personal gain you know and mm-hmm. again it, it's touchy for me to talk about it because it's water under the bridge and everybody right has made amends right. but yeah also you know you know, my career thrived, Drake's career thrived. Meek went on to, you know, do his thing. And it's like, you know, Quentin was put in a situation where, you know, he out of everybody, he he lost the most. And and I think handled it the best. As far as public Let me put it like view. this. I, I don't know behind the scenes. And Quentin pu- Miller publicly put- I felt like Quentin minded his fucking business. And, and not only changed. that, Quentin Miller didn't do anything wrong and he's a talented, talented. I, listen, very talented. listen, everybody did something wrong. Okay. Everybody. <laughs> Quentin did something wrong. Mm. DJ Drama did something wrong. Drake did something wrong. Meek Mill did something wrong. Nicki Minaj did something wrong. Like everybody played a role. And Multiple. we can sit here today and talk about it. And listen. Everyone I named, I love y'all to death. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I hope no one takes this the wrong way. And mm-hmm. again, it's water under the bridge. It it went down, you know, it was a it was a hip hop moment. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it it's hip hop history. And, you know, like there's a lot that I've you know I, those guys have, have gotten to tell their true side of their stories. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I've I've gone on Drink Champs. I've discussed it. Yeah, I've gone on Ebro. I've discussed it. Mm-hmm. Talked about it with Angie. I talked about it on Rap Radar. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can go through since 2015 and hear sound bites at various times of you know wh- how I felt or what I've said. But there's also a lot, a lot that I've held back on for sure and haven't put out there. One day. Will it all make sense? Maybe, but you know, maybe some things are just left to be untold. You know right. what I'm saying? And you know, like every everybody played a role in how it went down. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And nobody, nobody is like was all the way like just innocent in a sense. Do you still have a relationship with Quentin though? Um, I do. I mean, Quentin. When when me Drake and Jack took the picture um, at Kentucky Derby, Quentin took it. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was about to say, Drum, you a sick nigga. <laughs> Quentin in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a reality show. I don't know if it was on my page or if it was on one of the socials that reposted it, but 
he did kind of, he did make a comment. Mm. So I think, you know, he may have felt the way, but I've also what, had, what was the comment? Like I've had many conversations with Quentin over the years where, you know, Quentin himself has told me like, yo, Drum, like through it all, like I, I respect you and I appreciate you. And, you know, that he doesn't hold me responsible okay. um, for how things transpired. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm sure when he saw Drake and Meek make up, you know, it was like, damn, like, when they went through all went through all this and again like he was the the one like kind of left out in the cold respectfully you know and um yeah when he saw me and drake and jack take the picture like you know he might have felt the type of way and and i get it you know from his from his standpoint like again like if we talk about me drake meek and quentin like there's three people that that's career since then have has gone on and, and just elevated. And then, you know, Quentin was put in a, you know, a, a tough spot. So. Well, do you feel he was blackballed or maybe just didn't capitalize on the opportunity as far as eyes being on him? Of course, put in a weird situation to begin with. So I, I'm not even going to begin to play Monday morning quarterback on how he should have handled that. But. To some degree, the th not even some degree, the three of y'all were already established crazy. Right. Quentin um, was an up-and-coming artist and writer. Right. So, of course, that helped and didn't help, but yeah. we get our opportunities and, you know, and that's how our L's. And we that's how I met Quentin, because we were, in, you know, we were interested in signing his group, The Wedding Crashers. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so it wasn't, you know, my my relationship with him wasn't malicious by any means. Yeah. And it it got painted that way, you know? And like, you know, I got, you know, I got a lot of fingers pointed at me. Like I was the bad guy and it was like, you know, I made a mistake by telling my homeboy something that I shouldn't have, you know, and he handled it the way he handled it. You know what I'm saying? But like, I, you know, I felt like I, you know, I got, I got a lot of the butt of the, of the, you know, the, um, of the situation and yeah. it was like, you know, like, and again, like I said, I've, I've, I've taken accountability in, you know, my role and, you know, we've all moved on since then, but yeah, like if the story was ever really told, <laughs> it's a hell of a hip hop story. Well, you know, eventually so, in 30 years it's going to, because we learned everything about the big and pox shit if you just go on YouTube right now. Right. Every you last know. person that just happened to be around will and, tell you everything. You still I mean, don't yo, know about like, the big and pox like shit. The, the and yeah, you still don't really The names that I'm not saying. Yeah. That. Well, John, this gonna is a come safe to space. Eventually. Oh, I know. I just want to kick is. it with me. Like, we can just talk right here, right now. <laughs> it's just us, man. You know what I mean? Like, and cameras in the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot deeper than those four names. Let's just put it like that. Like, I believe it. I've heard I've heard rumblings man, about what listen, really, you know, and it's unfortunate and it we could, I understand it shouldn't have happened, but uh, yeah, it happened. A lot, lot of lot of hip hop's hip hop's finest were had their ears and eyes and 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 phones. What's yeah. okay? Since y'all are playing double dutch, thirty for thirty freestyle. Yeah. When everyone thought he was talking about Meek, 
he was clearly talking about Hove. So stop double talking about what? Hove. It's all about Jay Z on that. What? Why and that's you... not insider information. I'm just not stupid. I can I can go to Rap Genius <clears throat> and read what he wrote. Yeah. I mean, so what are you what are you getting at? I think the powers that be that were not added into this go as high as Hove and what the strategy was with this entity that Drake was that took over the music industry. So you and said- I think they saw this as an opportunity to try to lower the light of somebody that had completely taken over. I don't think it was a. Str- I don't think it was like some coordinated shit. I really do think Meek probably just tweeted that shit in his crib, like, "Yo, what the fuck?" They saw that, and well, it was time. This is just my. I, I have no way, insider in- information. This is just my theory. By sounds the way, like insider information. How? What? It sounds like he was on the inside. That's by the Hove way, and I are not that cool. Where he'd no, be like, "Yo, I, I was behind it." By the <laughs> way, what, what people he would never do that. What what never gets discussed is is that before the tweets came out, Meek tweeted a, a month or six weeks earlier mm-hmm. than that, these niggas don't write their raps. Okay. Something, something, something. Uh, Pusha had made note. So, Kendrick had made note. It was, it was, there was rumblings. <laughs> so like, and you know, Drake is another student of the game. Mm-hmm. He knows and sees and watches everything. Everything. So one of the more calculated people on planet Earth. <laughs> he he plays chess, not checkers yes. at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if not so the best, when one of the best. Meek first tweeted it before he name dropped. Mm-hmm. You don't think Drake saw that and was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, back to the powers that be, you know, I mean, like I said, man. <laughs> it's a lot to it. <laughs> Uh, we could be here for a while. Do, do we think hip hop was better off for it though? Because I think it was as I messy mean, as yeah. a moment as it was for it was everyone else, moment. as just yeah. a, a fan, as a fan of the culture. Like you know, yeah. it was, we needed that. You know, I hate was, that it happened because it was a lot of personal shit. But it was you know part it was, of it. It was I, the I love closest, that it happened. It was the closest we had to to Nas and Hove since like yeah. When I that would happened. say so. Yeah, you know, and like back to back was a fucking smash record that. Played in the club, like you know, you had two like power, you know, humongous figures within the culture. Meek, who was a representation of the streets, mm. and Drake, who was like, you know, who what did he say? You getting body by a singing nigga, like yeah, who also was a fucking, you know, this amazing spitter. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, I always told people like, yo, like first of all, like. Give that man credit for even being able to hear bars from Quentin Miller and to see how dope they are. Right. Like, and yeah. like a lot of people wouldn't even be able to do that. Yeah. Right. They would have seen this nerdy kid that, you know, however, whatever, and they wouldn't have even recognized his dopeness. Yeah. So give Drake the credit for that. And on top of that, that like, let's crazy. not act like Drake's pen isn't fucking one, one of, of the one, best one of that the best we've ever. ever seen in the right. game. Right. By far. He's a busy man. Yo, yeah. I listened to that energy leak and I like Quentin's, like, his own music. I heard that reference and I'm like, how the fuck did Drake hear that this you would see, be dope? You feel what <laughs> I'm saying? Like, give that man the credit for even being able to, like, know, like, to, to, to even hear the the dopeness in Quentin Miller. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wouldn't have been able to do that. Right. They would have looked right past it. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? And like, like again, like, let's not question Drake's pen. Like, 
Drake's pen is like, it's one of the greatest. And and in, in the midst of all of that, I always remind people, he gave us Hotline Bling. <laughs> in the midst of in all of that shit. In the midst of all that, yeah. he, get, he, he put By a accident. fucking yeah, smash yeah. record out. Bling, yeah. yeah, like Wasn't that in the three-pack with yeah. Charged Up? <laughs> yeah, that, it was Charged Up and yeah. it was a hotline bling. That was the other That's record. That's hilarious. Like, <laughs> shit's crazy, you yeah. know? So, God's plan was similar, too, with a diplomatic immunity. Like, mm-hmm. just a, like you know... I, when, when we all when we look back on it, it was a hell of a hip hop moment, you it know. Was. And it was, you know, I I took a lot of heat, like for years. My social media, I would have to listen to the to the comments, or you know, or or however, whatever. But my my skin is so thick, like none of that shit gets to me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you know, after it happened, like Generation Now, we had amazing success with Lil Uzi Vert and. You know, I was on to, you know, I'm 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 gonna be here. Like I've been here, I'm here, and I'm gonna be here. Like mm-hmm. it's the one thing about it. Like through all of it, through Drake and Meek, through Jeezy and Gucci, through me getting the fuck. That was a little little different than Drake getting and a Meek. Rico charge. Like yeah, I've been through Vert trying to you know throw dirt on Generation Now's name. Like yeah, listen, man, like. It's cool. I, I'm from the cloth. Like, I've been doing this shit since I was fucking 13. Where's that relationship at now with you and in, in, in Vert? Vert? Yeah. Oh, we in a great space, man. Good. Um, I don't know if you saw, but we all, you know, we we all took a picture together at the BT Awards. Yeah. Myself, Lake, uh, Cannon is like Rick Rubin, so he doesn't leave his house. He, yeah. He's like a gardener, so he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But um, Seti, Vert, Sonny, Jack. Um, we all took a we all took a pic together. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, and um, yeah, you know, so you know, we've um, you know, Cannon's been back in the studio with Vert. Uh, they worked on the most recent project together. You know, we've we've you know we've been talking to Vert, you know, consistently for the last like six, seven, eight months per se. So, mm-hmm. and it's dope. It's a good feeling. You know what I mean? Like, um. You know, we went what we went through. You know, it was it became public, but you know that that happens between family. Like, and mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why it was like it was a tough spot for us is because you know Vert success was our success. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I instead of like necessarily coming out and feeling like we wanted to defend ourselves because we took a lot of heat. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like generation now. You know, and even. Even with the Rock Nation situation, like Rock Nation was 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 put in the media as if they saved the little Uzi Vert's career, and you know from I didn't gather that. What? So? Okay, I I don't look at press releases. I'm huh? sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was a free Uzi campaign. And oh, then, I remember that shit. Yeah, and then it yeah, came. Yeah, yeah. Rock I remember Na- that. I remember that. Rock okay. Nation saves little Uzi. Saves him from who? Mm. From three young. Black men that m- met in college at Clark Atlanta and Morehouse, yeah. who grew up on hip hop, who were best friends, who then came into the game, changed the game, and then created a label. Like, huh? We're not culture vultures. Like, we are not. the epitome of the dream. Mm. Like, what did y'all save him from? Yeah. We didn't do nothing wrong by that kid. We all we did was help make him a fucking superstar. Mm. Lake, Lake never was getting a, a Jay Z. Lake was an girls. amazing manager. Mm-hmm. Cannon was right there, you know, with his sound. You know, I was DJ Drama waving the Uzi flag. Mm-hmm. What did y'all save him from? Mm-hmm. Like, 
It's huh? all it didn't have to go down point. like that. And you know, I, I love Jay Z. I'm a he's he's in my top whatever rappers of all time. And this is not necessarily a a a, a criticism of him per se. But yeah, like come on now, like huh? Like why why was the spin? Rock Nation saves little Uzi Vert's career. Like, like yo, like we're like we're three young black men that like made it from 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 DJing parties for one hundred and fifty dollars to going on to having an illustrious label after after Cannon makes some of the biggest records in hip hop and after DJ Drama creates Gangsta Grills. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't paint us out to be the bad guys. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Well, I mean, do you feel they did that? Sometimes the artist can create that because I think with Meg, that's kind of been the PR stint as well with her prior production deal and then oh, with the Rock Nation thing. And Meg, I don't know Meg, who's behind Meg, all of this, but that's just been the narrative listen, with a lot of artists, not just Rock Nation per se. Right. But and anytime someone signs somewhere else. All I'm going to say is, all I'm going to say is, is that Little Uzi Vert's contract was a very... It's a fair and there's, there's, there's nothing that we did on our side that was like taking advantage Mm -hmm. of an artist or a, a, a young kid trying to make it in the business. We were three, me, myself, Cannon and Lake are three individuals that split our percentage three ways Mm. our percentage has always been less than little Uzi Vert's percentage. So it's amazing. I don't know any, I don't want to speak on, on anybody else's contracts Mm -hmm. or whatever, because that's not my business. But I know when it comes to our business, we do very good business and we do good by people. Hence why even through, throughout my dramas, no pun intended, I've been able to get back up and move on because at the end of the day, I'm a good guy. Like I don't, you know, again, like, yeah, the name has been the gift and the curse, but like, I'm not out here fucking people over. Did you, like, did you reach out to, to, to Hove to talk about that whole Uzi Vert situation? No, nah, I've never talked to Hove. I, I haven't, I never, and Hove didn't reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think y'all should have a conversation. I love Hove, bro. I love Hove. Like I think there needs to be a comment. He's yeah. one of the most and I'm sure inspiring. That, I mean, obviously that didn't come from Hove. He's one of the no, most no, no, inspiring no. people. But it's it's funny what in a the genre five like, minute conversation can clear up. Yeah. I, I love what I love what he's you know, what he's what he's how he's elevated the game. Like who who doesn't Hove inspire when it comes Right. Well, did you have a conversation culture? with Uzi before he signed with Rock management wise? Uh no. Okay. So he just went ahead and did that. You had y'all had no idea he was gonna go with them. We no, that didn't. We weren't. We and weren't really speaking at the time. Prior to the free Uzi campaign shit, did you feel any type of way of him going to rock? Um, no, I did. Again, it's not that I felt any type of way. I just the the way the feelings that I felt was us us myself Gannon and Lake being painted as the bad guys. Right. Yeah. Right. I feel you. You know, and again, like, listen, when an artist of his caliber is out there tweeting or saying X, Y, and Z, I can't go against his fan base. Like what of course even not. whatever I say, like, you know, they're gonna 
you know, that that man's a fucking rock star. Like yeah. he's one of the biggest artists in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna and with any artist, like, you know, if some when artists say what they have to say, like that's where the people go. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we just kinda we sat back and played our position, you know, and you know, what I will say is that like <clears throat> when it was going down, like I definitely have to salute and appreciate Jack for, you know, standing by my side and waving the flag mm-hmm. when when he he necessarily didn't have to. He could have stayed out of the way, mm-hmm. you know. And when it was when it when it when it was really thick and in a line of fire, yeah. you know, Jack posted a picture with me and him, and said his piece, and then you know said it eternal take on the way. Did you him know, and Uzi have a relationship? They didn't. They uh-huh. hadn't had never even met. And yeah. Jack was a fan of Uzi. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, you Jack, be. one of the reasons why, you know, beyond the legacy that we brought to the table, like Generation Now being the label that little Uzi Vert was on, I'm sure, you know, had a part in Jack wanting to sign to yeah. us. So no, nah, they hadn't they had they hadn't had a relationship or had even met. And then, you know, Vert went on to like kind of like you know, he put like a clown face on Jack and, you know, they've since moved on to like last BET Awards was the first time they they actually met and we all hugged it out. And, Good. you know, we took a picture then and, you know, that kind of. I kind of put a like a, a stamp where it was like okay, it was good to see. That. We're all moving forward. It felt it, it, it was, was good, good to see, see and it yeah. felt great to do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I, you know, like I love Vert. Like you know, like even when he was had his thing to say, like I watched this kid go from a kid, this kid from Philly, like wide eyed coming to Mean Streets, meeting Thug, and yeah. being on tour with Khalifa to being a fucking rock star. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I it was like, kids. yeah. You know, like, yeah, like, you know, so to, to watch, to take a picture with Jack and Vert originally in, in 21, like it was, it, it felt great, you know, and then to take a picture this year with, you know, all of us, you know, minus Canon, we, I wish we could have cropped Canon into the picture. <laughs> like, you know, it was a full circle moment, you know, creatively outside of like the messy shit. How did you Lake and Canon strategize? Uzi, because that was definitely out of the wheelhouse that was the Gangsta Grills brand. Because even Jack, Jack is a rapper. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's a, a current rapper, but it's still in the wheelhouse of what Gangsta Grills started as. Mm-hmm. How did you guys, outside of just seeing Uzi's talent, what was the strategy on that? Because you guys don't come from that specific type of hip hop. Uh, I, I would disagree um, because, okay. you know, I feel like we do. I mean, like we come from 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 all of it. Like, Lake will, Lake can tell you from west to south to east like you can't you can't play a record that Lake's not familiar with mm. like Canon the Canon the same thing me the same thing so you know our strategy was we realized that we had a a, a dope artist that was definitely something fresh and new that came from Philly yeah you know um an argument I had with the label at the time was they were telling me, yo, you got to get this kid hot in his backyard. And I was like, I disagree. Like, especially what Philly was on at that time. I, yeah. Like, <clears throat> you know, the way when I, when I first, when we first signed Uzi, when people were like, Oh, like tell, tell me about him. The only thing I had to kind of define it was like, 
Uzi is to Philly where ASAP Rocky was to New York. That's how I originally. It's actually a really, really, really good comparison. Yeah. That, that's how that's I originally used to put it in perspective. Mm. And, you know, at the time I had more LA gigs than I had anywhere. So we had Vert out in LA, like, you know, what do you want was the hottest record in the club out there. And then we took him on tour with us, you know, the fallout boy and Wiz Khalifa tour mm-hmm. and literally put him in front of 20,000 off top Yeah, where he got his chop. You know, he was able to really like get his chops just, you know, it's like throwing, it's like going from high school straight to the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then Cannon was, you know, the sound like, you know, Cannon and, you know, Molly Raw, like, and Vert, like they literally created that sound at Mean Street Studios. Yeah. And like Cannon was the wizard behind you know how how vert's sound was you know what i'm saying so they were they were a dynamic duo when it came to the music me and lake stayed out of the way like canon and vert yeah they had that like mm. we that, say you're too humble canon is too fucking humble bro yeah yeah canon as a producer doesn't get talked about the way he should. Uh, yeah i agree for the longevity I, I, the I, eras I, he went through the when pieces I, yo, when are I so be, iconic when i be seeing a producer list and they be leaving my man out like yo it's I'd crazy be, I be wanting to custom niggas the fuck out. Like, yo, how y'all be making these fucking lists and not putting my man Don Cannon on there? Like, yeah. what, like what producer what? has been in every single era that's like, current bro, right bro, like, yo, like, this man may go crazy. Like, his first placement <laughs> crazy. had Jay-Z on it. <laughs> yeah. like, this nigga made the fucking art of storytelling with Andre 3000 and mm-hmm. Big Boy. Like, mm-hmm. like, what are we talking about? Like, nigga made Cannon, like, little, like, one of Lil Wayne's most talked about verses. Like, yeah. And one of the big, one of the one of the records that everybody wants to spit on, like and what I think is Achilles' heel, which is kind of a gift and a curse. You can't tell when it's a cannon beat. He's so versatile. There's so many if, of like the super producers. Right, I know right away who made that. And he doesn't have his Pharrell four count. He only has the cannon drop, and he doesn't throw it on shit like that right. anymore. So you don't know if it's cannon. Like cannon, like like cannon's work with Seti, like like it's been so dope. Like. Hands down, one of my favorite SETI records is Cannon B. Like, or even I think last year, like Cannon had like 21 placements. Mm. Like it's crazy. That that doesn't get talked about. Like, you know, he's still one of the dopest in the game. He's he, like you said, he's been through so many eras, you know what I mean? So, and that's what's so dope about us as generation now when we sign artists, because we're literally giving them our shoulders to stand on. Mm. You know, like Uzi and Jack. I think that they, they, their drive and their passion, like they were going to be here regardless. Sure. But, but, but coming to generation now and us being able to lend those shoulders, me being able to walk Jack into sway in the morning at that mm-hmm. point in his career right. or him being associated with the niggas that made gangster grills mm-hmm. as being a white rapper, like, we can't act like that didn't help. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Who are some of the artists, um, and getting back to the whole Gangsta Grills thing, that you want to work with moving forward? Like one of my, I would, just me being a music guy, I would love to see a Kodak Black. Fire. Gangsta Grills. Fire. I, at this point, I'm with it all. I just tweeted out the other day, like, yo, niggas is hitting me for Gangsta Grills like it's 06 again. Like, Who, who texted you? It's okay. You don't have to say, <laughs> but you can say if you want. I mean, listen. A lot of people, when I put that out there, 
Ross. A lot of people said they would love to see an ESTG tape. That would be great. I like that. Me and Icewear Vezo, mm-hmm. we work in. Um, I just did Seti's Well Said Gangsta Grills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I got some I got some ones coming, you how, know. How does that look, though? Is it similar to the Tyler? It has to be a cleared album on DSPs? Like, what, what's the strategy yeah, I've tra- if I've changed the, the brand continues in the mixtape form? Yeah, I mean. You've changed the infrastructure of, of yeah. Gangsta World? Have, We've had to. to. Yeah. We've had to because, you know, yeah, it has to. It's on DSPs now. So, but what's mm-hmm. dope is that, like, again, like, now it's back. The nostalgia of it is back around that, like, what once when Drake put out, um, if you're reading this is too late, like, could have been now. Because now, like, I can, I'm going back to my shit talking. And, yep. you know, me and Simba just did, we we, we have a project coming out. Oh, okay. Simba, um, love Simba. It's, it's fire, you know. And, like, when I go to the artist, I'm like, yo, how crazy you want me to go? And they're like, man, go crazy. Yeah. So it's like, it's back to that where, you know, what once was like, okay, we have a the drum version and then we have a no DJ version. Now it's back to, like, the gangster grills where it's me doing my one, two and the bells and the whistles and, you know, like, and yeah, like, you know, the Dreamville project just happened. And, you know, now after, um, going through, uh, the process with Tyler, like, and seeing that these projects are literally albums and, you know, who knows we could, I could be Grammy nominated, Again next year yeah. for for one that comes out. So we we we've treated it a little differently, and the what's, bag is definitely well, different imagine. now. Yeah. What's, well, what's we, the process? The process different from making the Gangster Rules mixtape to doing the Tyler album. What's, well, how well, is it, how Ty, does it differ? Well, with Ty, Ty, with Tyler Tyler, you know, there's there's only been a very few artists that I've actually I do my my part in front of. Um, with Tyler, we had three we 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 had three sessions. Mm. over maybe a four to six month period. Okay. And again, like when Tyler first called me, he was like, yo, I got, I got this crazy idea, you know, and we talked and he was going to send me the music. This was during COVID. And I got a call from um, Christian Clancy, his manager. He was like, yo, T wants to know if, you know, again, this is, this is still during COVID when people weren't like moving around. Mm. So he was like, yo, he wants to know if you feel comfortable just coming out here instead of him sending it to you. I was like, hell yeah, yeah, I'll come out. So I went out when I got there, Tyler had already, he had found a random gangster grills and had placed my drops, like my voice on the tape of where he thought it would be dope Mm. to hear something. I was like, yo, this guy's fucking, he's a producer. He's insane. Actual producer. He does it all. (laughs) Like he literally does it all. And his, you know, he had just won, he had just won the Grammy for best rap album for an album that he didn't feel was a rap album. Igor was, was my favorite album of that year. I love Igor. Um, I didn't, I felt it should have won album of the year period and should have stayed out of the rap category. Yeah. But to me, that was my favorite album. And to to watch him do Igor and then go right to call me to get home. It's like, yeah, where are we ranking Tyler? Because yeah. it has to be pretty fucking high. If you make Igor to, to the DJ drama Tyler. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, like, has to, t- Tyler has to be on that Mount Rushmore combo when we talk about Drake, Cole. I agree. And Kendrick. I agree. Yeah, he's there. And Nikki for, you know, and Future. 
mm-hmm. and Tyler. Like, For sure. I know there's only four people on Mount Rushmore, but if we had to talk about from 2010 and 2020, those, like, I, I would have, I would, Drake, Kendrick, Cole, Nikki, Future, and Tyler, you yeah. know, that would I think I, I think Travis creaked up towards the end. A little, little later. I, yeah. A little later. Little, but but I, I'm putting Tyler right there as well. Yeah. And so like, yeah. So, you know, I would I would literally go on the booth, do my one, two. And then, you know, the conversations we had, he was like, yo, bro, like I'm really I'm really about to be on my rap shit. Like yeah. these niggas want to like. Like almost he, as if he they, did speaker box love below. He did. And almost as if they played on his, on his, on his, on his top. Yeah, Igor being loved He was like, yo, okay, like, let me show you where I come from. And he was highly inspired by the Pharrell Gangster Grills. Sure. You know, I don't think there would be a call me if you get lost if there wasn't a Pharrell Mm. in my mind, the prequel. And like, you know, he would, he would like, as I was doing my shit in the booth, he would just say, yo, say, we're on a boat. And I would say it, and he would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Late came to the second session, which we had maybe a, two months after the first one. I heard the music, and he literally said right there, yo, y'all, y'all going to win a Grammy for this. And, like, you know, as we were working, like, I knew it was special. Like, I knew it was special. Can I mean, we show the Grammy? Oh, of course we can. Can we get can. the Grammy? There is a Grammy in my house. There's a Grammy on it's the show. It's kind of cool. Oh, and by the way. It's crazy. I was with Rory. This, this full circle. I was with you when he circle. found out. He was with me when we found out. We <laughs> were at you won the Grammy? We weren't, when I won the Grammy, we were, instead of going to the Grammys, um, I, uh, here it is. That's fire. Dream, Dreamville Fest That's had fire. a DJ drama set, which was one of my favorite Dreamville festivals, Fest. I think, ever. Dreamville Fest had a DJ drama set. It was, it was and that idea came uh, we were in Houston during the Legends of the Streets tour, which was myself, Jeezy Ross, um, Two Chains, Fab, Little Kim, Trina. Uh, the next night, Cole had uh, his show. Cole came to the concert, and you know we were just Cole, Eve, and Sasha, me and Lake were up there talking, and we we're like, bro, we could like this is some shit. Like this is really supposed to be the Gangsta Girls tour, and Cole and Eve and Sasha was like what it's gene like man i'm in like what we got to do so they came to us with the idea to do a gangster grill set during dreamville so it was you know literally my first i had done something at roots picnic a couple years yeah prior Mm -hmm. but this was like literally like dj drama presents gangster grills featuring little wayne ti and jeezy so i get i get to the dreamville in carolina rory's there with me you know the whole gang's there with me to go it was the night of the Grammys to go, you know, do our performance as I'm sitting there with Rob Markman and with Wayno. Wayno literally looks at his phone and says, this just in, call me if you get lost, best rap album. And I'm sitting there doing an interview like, yo, this is literally it was one of the biggest nights of my career. Like, yeah, I win a Grammy and then I go on stage in front of 75,000 and perform with Wayne Jeezy and Tip like talk your shit how full circle is that get your shit, shit off crazy. get your shit off drum yeah. I'm here Yo. to tell you to get your shit off drum that's what I'm here for yeah, and, it's, and this is how uh, hip hop drama is like mm-hmm. down to the core went from being on FaceTime with Fonte to then hopping on stage with uh, Wayne T.I. Jeezy then getting off to accept his Grammy with Wayno. crazy <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty hip hop. Like if you, if you go down, yeah, it's a lot of layers, a lot of layers of hip hop. Yeah, I'm really from the cloth, man. Like, I, like, I am the epitome of hip hop culture. Like, I am like from the top, from Run DMC, from me wanting Adidas. You paid to, your dues, brother. To this, like. And in between late kicking people off stage. <laughs> yeah, late, 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 man. That was one of, that was a rough night for Lake. Ooh, that was a rough night for Oh, Lake. we can't Lake. talk about what was, never mind. Ooh, it was tough. Lake and I talked about it. It was there tough. Was, there was some drama. Lake, yeah, Lake, Lake, Lake's a good guy. Like, listen, man, Lake has been put in a lot of scenarios where he's had his hands full. And, and, and he's he handled that perfectly. He's an, he's, he's an, he's an impeccable managerial person like the way he he juggles and and handles it all it's like you know i wouldn't be here if 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 me and lake you know we've been friends since college but Mm -hmm. we literally i think it's been like 10 years like maybe just just a little over 10 years where we've had we had a real business relationship and we had done business before like lake's always been there through my career Lake interned at Rockefeller, like mm-hmm. Lake managed Dog Pound, Lake managed Bobby V, like, you know, so Lake was, you know, was was right next to Mace for many years mm-hmm. and was in a management position. So, you know, he was he was out paying his dues, you know, when we were friends before we started to work together. And then like, you know, I remember when I made Oh My. I told him, I was like, yo, I got a record and he wound up coming to hear it. And, you know, he heard on my, cause I was kind of, I was kind of off making records and songs at the time. Like I, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Then I made on my, then I, then, you know, I had left Atlantic, went to E1 and, you know, me and Lake started to like Lake, me and Lake, when, as I was building Mean Streets, we, I did third power album, which I kind of like, almost like really just kind of rushed and put together. He helped me do that. And then we worked on quality street music together and we literally were in the studio every day working on that album, which I feel like is my best body of work. And even when I got my moment, like when T minus sent me in my moment beat and I sent it to Jeremiah, Lake told me like, yo, this is going to be your biggest record thus far. And he was correct. And, you know, even with wishing like, you know, so, and then us coming back to form generation now, like it was just, you know, I just really, I'm, I'm really giving him his flowers right now. I know mm-hmm. we were talking about love it. No, no. Though, but and he, I love how he don't, he don't know how to take compliments. I could tell he's like, no, me. He's, he's looking down on his phone. He's yeah, pretending he's like, not paying attention. He's yeah. a guy that, <laughs> he's now yeah. showing shit on his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, first yeah. of all, you let's give him his credit on his drip. Like he's the fabulous <laughs> of generation. Now. So, he, and you'll never see it twice. Um, his drip is crazy. And, you know, he's, he's one of the, the smartest people I know, like, and I'm so thankful to have him, you know, in my corner and like, as a friend, mm-hmm. you know, he holds me to the fire. He's not a yes man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He tells me when I'm fucking up. Very important. You know, and, and I appreciate that. And, you know, me, him and Cannon, we've known each other so long. So we, we know, we know our strengths and we know our weaknesses yep. and we're very open with each other about it. Like, about who we are as people. And that, you know, I think we define like friends and business can mix. You know what I mean? Right. And um, yeah, back to Dreamville, he, he had a, he had a hell of a night trying to, you know, maneuver through that. And we, and we, we, we made it happen and it was dope. 
I have my, my favorite video I've ever taken in my entire life is from that that night. And I'll, I'll insert it here. This was crazy. Yeah. But 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 he 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 warmed he warmed up. He warmed up after that. Um and yeah, by the time we got to like swag surf, he was he was He was there. Yeah, he was there. You know, but Wayne's the GOAT, bro. Like, you know, just even that, like being a part of his his story and history. Like, you know, even thinking about like, like, yo, I named dedication dedication on a whim. On a not, whim. Not knowing. Not knowing nothing. Wow. Like before, like before I had heard any music or before Katrina or like before even realizing who Wayne was going to become, like, like I got to give myself credit for like the genius of the, 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 the things that come out of my brain, like mm-hmm. just name like dedication. Like it's like it, it's, it's so fitting. Oh, yeah. Him, him and Pac would, I guess be the most dedicated rappers as it's far as sitting so, in the studio and putting absolutely. music out. It's so fitting. And it's like, yo, like, you know, I said on SETI's tape, like, yo, um, true story, like, before all this gangster grill shit, like, you know, money was tight. Like, I barely could pay my bills. I almost, I literally almost moved back to Philly and was thinking about, like, damn, this shit just, it might not be it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I had a daughter. Like, I, I wasn't, you know, ends wasn't meeting. And imagine how many classics we wouldn't have today if I would have done that, like, and I, you know, the song is called Can't Go. So it's like, yo, never, never go back. Like, you know, stay on your path. Like, right. but be dedicated. Process. Don't, don't give false advice to people like, oh, I'm just going to do this and not be dedicated. <laughs> right. And now you, now you're getting evicted. <laughs> um, we got uh, some random rapid fire shit. Okay. Uh, best Gangster Grills mixtape moment and outside of the feds, worst Gangster Grills moment. Best Gangsta Grills mixtape moment. For you, behind the scenes, not like when a record hit, but like studio moment, artist moment, conversation moment. I mean, Tyler is up there, but we've talked about that too, too much, so I don't. I, I want to give you all something else. Um, damn, what else? You could say Can that. a song count? Of course. Okay, so... Outcast was supposed to do a Gangster Grills. It's gonna be part of my wow. Um, me, their manager at the time, Blue Williams, no Blue, Dre, and Big Boy all got on the phone. We were gonna do a Gangster Grills. Um, they were working. It was supposed to come out before Idle Wild. Okay, right, and I got a call, and they said, "Listen, Drum, honestly." As much as we want to do it, we don't have the time. Like, we're working on the soundtrack and we're working on the movie. Mm-hmm. But we want to offer you a record for your album, like an Outcast record. Yeah. And I was like, what? Hell, no. Hell, <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Right. Also of uh, our greatest song series ever. Art of Storytelling. <laughs> yeah. So for, this had to be, 
this had to be early 2007 or something, or maybe late 2006. So I started sending, I started sending Dre, um, like every hot producer in the game beats. Mm-hmm. Like I sent him everybody's beats. I'm not going to name no names, but every, you know, at the time I was, you know, I was on fire. Everybody was sending me beats. Who was yeah. anybody? And I was sending them and he was turning everything down. Nah, 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 nah. This is nah. Dr. Dre? No, no Andre. Three cents for the, okay. uh, the I'm just talking about, the, uh, but I was producers of a high caliber. He was mm-hmm. turning them down. The raid happened. Um, I actually had just did Jim Jones's seven day theory. Okay. And there's a record on there that's fucking fire. The beats fire. What's the name of it? You remember the name of it? Like the, the, the uh, Jim Jones record. Forget the name of it, but it's on the seven day theory. And I asked Cannon to make me a beat like that. Right. So he made me a beat similar to that. And as soon as I got out, like, as soon as like literally days after I got out of jail and the raid happened and everything, um, I had the beat and I sent it to Lake who was working with Marsha at the time. And I told, I called her and I was like, yo, like, listen, I need something like, like, listen, like, this is not the end for me. Like I can't be stopped. Nothing's going to stop us. Like we're going to keep going. And she literally took what I told her and, you know, um, that was her hook. It's crazy because I was, you know, I, I didn't get any publishing on the record. <laughs> it's fucked up. Not, you know, at the time I was still young and yeah. I wasn't aware. So, um, cause I definitely like assisted her in what to say on, yeah. on, on the, uh, on the, on the chorus. She sent it right. She sent it back to me. I sent it to, I sent it to, uh, to 3000. He said, give me 24 hours. And the next day he sends me back his verse for the artist. For, for the for that song. Mm. And I was like, damn, who should so then I went to go see Big. And at the time I wasn't even like, I didn't know if it was gonna be an outcast record. I just yeah. had a three thousand verse. And then Big heard it and he was like, Oh yeah, this is the one. And then he got on it and he named it the Artist Storytelling Part Four. And yeah, it's one of my most like monumental moments in Gangsta Girls history, like I have an outcast record, you know what I'm saying? It's in hip hop history. It's in hip hop history. Not just like, Gangsta Girls. You know, I'm I'm mad at myself again, you know, being young and, you know, not knowing what I know now that I didn't, we didn't shoot a video for it. Mm. Cause Andre would have did it. Like we, he wanted, he asked for a hundred thousand for the, for the video and respectfully, label should have and probably would have paid for it but I, that, was, I think that was Andre yeah. 3000's way of saying I'm not doing a video yeah. no he would have I think he would have did it though cause he knew no I think he would have done it I think but, he thought the label was not gonna pay no that. but they should have they would have I think they would have if, if if I would have if I would have had the structure of the team that I have now yeah. we'd have definitely yeah. gotten it done Yeah, and to be honest that shit probably would have got Grammy nominated as well if we would have went oh, full I, throttle. Oh, for sure. So, I agree. Not doubt that. And, and, and I'm going to tell a, a worst moment. I'm going to think of a worst moment. But one, one another thing I am salty about that happened with that album was there was a record and it didn't get cleared. It wound up leaking. It's on the internet. But I had a record that Just Blaze did. It was the first time Just Blaze and Lil Wayne worked together. Oh, yeah. I know what you're it talking was about. Called Million Dollar, yep. It was called Million Dollar Baby. Mm-hmm. And I was on that. Wayne was spitting. And it, the hook was me 
pretty much being his trainer. So there's two mm-hmm. versions on the internet. There's a version with me on there, and there's a version without me I on there. I think I heard the one without that, you. That they leaked. Yeah. Um, but there's the version with me on there is me actually as his coach talking about, yo, you got to hit him with a left left to the body, stick and move, stick and move. Okay, da-da-da, you know. And at the end of the record, it's like Wayne saying, gangsta grills, no braces. That was a – because I had the Canon record, like I couldn't get to um, – Wayne records cleared for the album. So it never made the album and it wound up leaking um, sometime after. Do you, do you play the Diddy interlude at Thanksgiving dinners? Is that like a tradition or? <laughs> um, I should. Yeah, I should. It's a hell of a, hell of an interlude. You know, um, your first album was like, I think I had like 20 songs on there. So I was just. All the favors that you was trying owed. to do the most. Like I was trying to do the most. Yeah, like, yeah. Just over the Why? top. It's your first album. I You're going to crazy. Yeah. Everything. Like. <laughs> I had fucking um, D Dot doing skits and yeah. Puff doing skits. Yeah. And Riggs was setting up the whole Fed situation, like mm-hmm. you know. Well, that was towards I don't want to say the demise, but G Unit was kind of breaking up at that time. Was there talks of Fifty being on the? Because it's what Banks, Yayo, and it's Buck. Every, it's Banks, Yayo, and Bucks. I don't know what you know that I didn't have the relationship with Fifth. Then that I have now, mm. um, I did try to get him on a song, and we 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 did, we couldn't get him on a record. But I, of course, I definitely wanted Fifty on the song and on the album. But you know, um, that was it. You know, that was it. That was what during like what the Curtis era. So yeah, that's Fifth was Curtis still era. like I get money was up. <laughs> yeah, Fifth was fucking on fire. So yeah, I wasn't able to get Fifty for that album. Do you think um, Andre Three Thousand should have fucked Homie's girl? <laughs> she was already cheating I mean I'm not into fucking other niggas girls so I'm gonna say no yeah that was kind of weird um, <laughs> yeah what's the um, it's a story call me when y'all break we, up why haven't we gotten a uh, a Rick Ross gangster Grills? um we've just we've missed it you know there was a there was a time early on on Def Jam where it did come up and it didn't happen but there's no there's no re like there should definitely be one so and there could still potentially be one I mean I'm I'm definitely down to work with Ross I like I love Ross I was I was one of his first um supporters you know with hustling i'm mm-hmm. i'm the first person to ever play hustling outside of miami mm-hmm. and i broke it on atlanta radio when we had gangster girls radio you know i'm in the video like i think mm-hmm. i think cypher sounds might argue with you he might i mean he was in new york but you know Khaled played it first yep. in miami and like i can definitely say i was the first in atlanta i'm just trying to start dj beef again <laughs> shout to Scythe, shout my, my man Scythe. but yeah we definitely were very early um on that record and I, you know, I was there very early on in Ross's career and we've always had a great relationship. You know, he's, he's done. We, we've had, he was on a record just recently. I did 360 a couple of years ago with him and West Side Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a record on my album called Clouds on Quality Street Music with Miguel, Ross, mm-hmm. um, Pusha and Currency. So yeah, me and Ross, you know, yeah, that's that's my guy. Like, that's you know, I just think it's one of those one of those ones that 
that got missed. Mm. You know, there, it definitely sounds crazy that Ross doesn't have a gangster. Yeah, that's, I think, that's why I, I think had to ask push too. It's definitely crazy. You know, when I tweeted that the other day, a lot of people were were saying Push's names. But I, I did do a clips tape. Yeah. We did uh I did uh Got It for Cheap Volume Three. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I mean in a sense I'm, I would like to see Reup gang I've done gangster push. bros. Yeah. Mm. That that would be But the Reup it was the Reup gang. It was Reup gang, we got it for cheap volume three. Yeah. Um outside of Wait, music. Uh, so you said the worst what was the the Oh yeah, the worst. worst. I'm sorry, we, we did miss that. And what was the question? The, the worst moment aside from the feds. In, in Gangsta Grills mixtape series. It may be some shit that the public never knew. Something in the studio. Verses so, that didn't come in. Well, two, two I mean, the, 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 biggest, the biggest mistakes of my career are two things. When I, when I moved, when, when, in 2005, when I moved from where Gangsta Grills started into my first condo, I bought my first condo. You know, I had just gotten into magazines and, you know, I was feeling myself and I had a box of every flyer that I had, my name had ever been on. That's amazing. Like since fucking 93 or 94 to 2005. And I, and I had, and it was all in one box of my flyers. When I moved, my landlord called me and said, yo, you left this box behind. Oh shit. And I was like, I don't need it. Because mm. I was like, I'm in magazines now. Like, I don't mm. need those flyers. And he threw it out. Years later, there was a DJ from Chicago named DJ Drama who sent a cease and desist to Atlantic and said, I own the name DJ Drama. If you guys put this album out with DJ Drama, I'm going to sue you. So mm. my first two albums on Atlantic just say Drama. They don't say DJ Drama. Mm. Oh, yeah. I had to I buy the name from the rapper. Okay. Who was at the time incarcerated drama who was signed to Atlantic. Mm. So I, I gave him, t- I, I paid him 10 grand to use the name drama because I tried to give the DJ drama guy 50 grand. He wouldn't accept it. I hired a private investigator to go hunt him down. <laughs> couldn't find him. Yeah. And then at the time my lawyer told me, well, if you can prove that you've been using that name for X amount of years, mm. and you don't you have, have the box case. of flyers. No yeah. I threw all my fucking flyers out. Crazy. And just for memorabilia, like where I am in my career yeah. now, like yeah. the fact that I don't have that is like. And a T space, the whole shit. Yeah. Like, feeling yourself. I was feeling Like, fuck myself, them flyers. Bro. I'm in magazines now. I'm going to fuck about so them flyers. So around the same time when I moved, I put all my record collection, all my, all my, um, uh, photo albums, all that stuff in storage. Mm-hmm. I had a storage unit from 2005 till to my knowledge, to now. Mm-hmm. Just recently, I went looking for it, right? When COVID hit, I had this other phone. Um, I had another phone number. It was a T-Mobile. And the phone was broke. And the T-Mobile stores were closed. And that's how I used to pay my bill for my storage unit. Mm-hmm. They okay. would call me on that number. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time the T-Mobile, for some reason, I couldn't push 611 to open, to get into the phone, right? So... By the time the T-Mobile stores opened up and I went to go get the phone fixed, they were like, oh, I'm sorry, we get we don't have that number anymore. And mm. I'm like, yo, you fucks. I've been with y'all for 15 years. Like, how do you just not, how can you not give me the number? It was COVID. I couldn't come into the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I couldn't get the number back. So then, and again, I moved into my house in 2017. If I was smart, I would have went to my storage unit, took everything out and put it into my crib where I had space. Just recently, I started to 
wanted to go went, go on a search to go find the storage unit because it had been so long. I didn't even remember where it was. My assistant shot the Michaela. She she finally found it. She was on Storage Wars. She finally <laughs> found it. Found it. I called them up and they said, "Oh yeah, we sold it up. We auctioned it off." Of course. And I was like, "Yo, like no, like." Bro, that was my whole life. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. so you know, I guess the laws of storage is if after ninety days they're able to um, auction it off if you don't pay the bill. And I yeah. was like, "Yo," I tried to explain it to him, and I was like, "Look, I understand the records are probably gone, but those those photo albums, like that's history. I have I had pictures of Lauren Hill like holding my mixtape when I first got to Atlanta, like just shit like that, like old." Whoever bought that unit, they thought they got some shit. What if they're not no, into no, no, hip hop? No. Hold on. No, okay. That's the scam. So then, yeah. so I called him. I was like, yo, if please, like, I, I'm a public figure. Like, I know this is going against it. Can y'all please just help me track it down? Yeah. Like, I just want to see if I can kind of come up on it. Mm-hmm. So then I want, so mind you, then I did the math from 2005 to 2020. So they basically wound up telling me they auctioned it off November 1st. I mean, I'm sorry, November 20th, 2020. So between 2005 and 2020, I literally paid them 25 grand in, in monthly fees mm-hmm. for the storage unit. Mm-hmm. I said, how much did you auction it off for? He said, somebody bought it for $393.13. Is that an angel number? <laughs> Not even four hundred dollars. <laughs> Probably has that at a pawn shop in West Bubble Fuck. Yeah. Hold no on. one's gonna buy it. Hold on. If it was in the middle of Atlanta, maybe somebody. So would buy then it. I'm like, I'm like. So then they were like, yeah, we didn't have any way to contact you. I guess the business has changed, so they yeah. didn't have an email. You know, the lady that worked there felt bad. I was like, yo, can you at least, try? you know, I, I gave her a couple of dollars on the side yeah. to try to help me find the person who mm. bought it. Give her $400. Found, <laughs> Overpaying. Found the guy. <laughs> he's an older white man mm. who buys storage units. He didn't yeah. want to, he was like, you know, you know, because people that's people's livelihood. Oh, no, that's, that's so he was hustle. like, yo, I don't want to be, I don't want to be known. She, she wound up calling him on the side. He tells her. I sold all the records to a store in Atlanta and I threw out all the photo albums. Jesus Christ. Yo, that's crazy. That hurts. The two biggest mistakes in my career. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. Hurts, bro. Yeah, that hurts. The record collection, the photo albums, my flyers. Like, that's literally my legacy. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't. That's your paper trail. Pass off to kids, yeah. Yeah. Sad, bro. So, yeah. Anybody out there watching this, like, yo. Hold on to your shit. Don't fill yourself too much. Right. Yeah, Even hold, if you get be, a be a hoarder in a good way. Yeah. Like hoard, hoard your hoard your your history, like yeah. your memorabilia. Like even for even for when my story's told, like when it's time to do the documentary, like yeah, I don't. Yeah, that hurts. I, it, it hurts my soul, yeah. bro. Yeah, it hurts my soul. I get it. Uh, well, this was on my rapid fire. Good transition. Where do you find fulfillment outside of work and family? Um, I'm a movie buff, so I literally, whether it's on my computer or at the house or in my theater room in my crib or going to the movies, like I watch movies, 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 documentaries. What's your favorite Godfather? Uh, two. Yeah, definitely two. Favorite Um, Martin Scorsese movie? Um, 
either the departed or raging bull okay i mean there's taxi driver there's shutter island underrated yeah shutter island's dumb underrated um Oh, I'm tripping. Goodfellas. I'm bugging. I, I was, I was, I mean, this ain't hip hop if you I'm don't sorry. say Goodfellas. My bad. Yeah, Goodfellas is number one. Yeah. Departed might be number two. But just, just shows drama's career as far as doing Raging Bull to then Departed. That's, yeah. That's yeah, I'm, I'm really Gangsta like, Grills with T.I. and then that's Jack Harlow. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's how just look, totally yeah. different exactly sides right. of that's his exactly career. Yeah. I, 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 I look at my career yeah. like a director. Yeah. Ra- Raging Bull, the beginning, and then Departed was a new generation. Yeah, my bad. I didn't mean to leave out Goodfellas like that. I was Candy a little excited. We got to say casino too. And I've lived that. Now, now we and Rory talked about this just last week. Okay. Goodfellas or casino? Goodfellas. Agreed. I don't know, man. Goodfellas. A casino, man. And, and this is going to sound offensive. I don't casino think it's even is too close. personal to me. Like you like lost a I, lot in Vegas, or no? I oh. just I, I've <laughs> I've had gingers in my life. Oh yeah, that's why I it's didn't want to go there. Movie can, because yeah. you can relate to it more. Nah, I need to. Nah, I like man. Like, it has to be a better Listen, movie man. for that. Too relatable. That's what I'm saying. So those are the best movies. Oh, I can't. You can't. Yeah, but if you're going to relate to something as someone that has had a few gingers themselves, yeah, it's not the one thing you want to relate to. It's, I don't need to watch this movie. It's bringing back bad memories. Yeah. Lake, Nothing Lake, Henry Hill did Lake I've done before, me, so it's yo, fun to watch. Lake, Lake wound up watching it recently and was like, bro, I watched it and was like, damn, this is your life. That's crazy. Classic <laughs> fucking movie. No shots. <laughs> At Ginger? <laughs> yeah, at Martin Scorsese. Um, yeah, good. B- 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 yeah, rest in peace to Ray Liotta, too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and besides that, um, vacationing. I'm a war. If, if I wasn't a DJ, I, w- I would want to be a surfer. I said this on uh, Future the Movie, you know, because, you know, I, I ride waves better than anyone. Like, you know, my waves have lasted longer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a surfer. Like, the way I've navigated through hip hop has mm. been like a surfer. Like mm. I, I came up watching the roots and fucking DJing for Bahamadia right. to being a part of TI and Jeezy to Uzi and Jack Harlow and now Tyler. And like, you know, I'm a, I'm the silver surfer. Shout have, to Have Mac you surfed D. on vacation? I, I've never, no, I've, the white side. Don't tell me you never got in the water and surfed after I, all of that. No, I, boogie look, board. This is going to be our next segment. I Three of us boarded. are going to an island and we are going to take no, surfing lessons. I, I, any war, like my my dream goal is. Can you to, swim? Of, oh, I'm a I'm a fish. Okay. Like snorkeling when they try to give you the life. Yeah. Get that shit out of here. I'm jumping right in. Mm. No vest. Okay. Like so, I'm a fish when it comes to water. Like I, I love water. I love I love vacationing where there's water and, you know, with something soft next to me. Absolutely. Yeah, Helps like, on a vacation. Vaca- yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Like yeah, that's a vacation. I like having In case you jump on the coral. Right. But, um, but yeah, movies and vacations with oceans, you know, those are, those are where I find tranquility. Okay. Well, listen, man, I just want you to, um, oh, last question. Versus. Who wins, you or DJ Khaled? <laughs> How about we just do it and let's see who wins? Okay. I'm with you. Do we throw Clue in the mix? You can throw anybody in the mix. Um, and let's see who wins. I like that's That's the JD energy. Yeah. When everyone was saying Puff, Dre, JD's like, let's just do it. Yeah. yeah. No one else wants to do it. I'm, you know, I'm t- I want all the smoke. Mm. I want all the smoke. Mm. And... 
you know, what do you play against Wild Thoughts? And salute the Gallant. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, both guys have, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for DJ Clue. Right. And Khaled has set the bar for DJs to a, an, an, an incredible level. Absolutely. You know? Um, but yeah, when it comes down to verses, like, what? Like, I got a lot of cultural records. Absolutely. Like, I am not to be underestimated. Mm. So, like, you know, I see Swizz and and Tim going through something with verses, but like, yo, I've been calling niggas out for over a year now. Like, what? If if my name comes, if 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 they want it to happen, I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm taking anybody, Mm. and it comes when it comes to that space. And like, yeah, do I get to do I get to play Little Uzi Vert and Jack Harlow? Because that's part of my repertoire too. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, if it's on my mixtape, I'm playing it, and it's my song. I just think I'm there's playing. a lot of stuff before you get to Uzi, and as much as I love Uzi and yeah. Jack, I just yeah. I don't yeah. know if they even make the twenty. Yeah, <laughs> it's Listen, a lot of man, shit. I don't know. I want to see it. Set it up. I want to see it. Um, I want to see it. Set it up. I know you did mixtapes for Fab and for Wayne, but how did you feel witnessing me smoke mall? In the Wayne versus Fab versus on live during COVID. Ma, what happened? That, that's what I want to know. The, a lot of the records that, first of all, in like, all fairness. Bro. Anytime I, you I, say, I first did, of all, you know some bullshit is coming. I didn't want to do it that night. But Rory was adamant on doing it. So I said, all right, let's do it. we announced it. I didn't, I didn't I realize watching. a lot of the Fab records that I wanted to play were not available. Like, I had to go to, like, other apps to get them. Like, I had to go to Dat Piff. I had to go. And it was just like. It was a mixtape versus. Yeah, but. I thought I had a lot of that in my laptop already, but I didn't because I had a whole new laptop and I, I just wasn't prepared so for that. You, so you were dipset. Absolutely. Yeah, you didn't, Absolutely. You didn't come prepared. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. And, Rory, and, and, Rory. and I was kissed when I said, yo, yo, tech, throw something on. Yeah, Rory. <laughs> yeah, Rory. Yeah. But I still think that Fab doesn't get enough credit for his mixtape. And I think you're part of the reason. Nah, of course. I mean, even Fab's, even Fab's verses should have went different. Like, yeah. you know, he was... Too laid back and not prepare. Like, you know, Kiss Kiss in his verses came more ready. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and when you add in the locks and bad boy era, yeah, Fab I mean, is a legend, but it's tough to go against that type of shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Fab is one of my favorites of all time. And the way he's navigated his career for and sure. Is, and is, you know, through 20 years, like I, I don't think he even gets the credit he deserves for his bars like mm-hmm. even with the new right even with forever like you know that verse is a is a little older yeah and like when i was told him i was ready to put the record out he was mad at me because he mm-hmm. was like yo like that old ass verse i'm like nigga like you're it's still it out. Yeah. like you're, you're you're spitting like stop yeah. it like i could see if it was like an old reference in there that yeah, was yeah. like that that time stamp yeah, yeah that time stamped it but it, it wasn't like and fab is you know, Fab is 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 one of those, you know, one of the greats with you know great bars and and Wayne versus Fab is a hell of a hell of a versus. But yeah, you got smoked. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It happens. And those are two guys that you know I was on there because you know I was so hyped that it was two guys that I had so much like music with too. So yeah. I was, you know, from a from an egotistical standpoint, I was just wanted just, to hear it. Yeah, it was, it was want, gonna be you. Yeah, <laughs> I, could, I was just hyped to hear my drops and my voice yeah. all through it, and I was all in the comments, like, yeah, yeah, it was fun. I, mean, I kind of miss that. Was probably the better part of COVID when we was just trying to it find was. ways to be entertained. I feel like verses was better in that 
Although I'm I glad do. we got right. the locks and dips where sure. we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad we got Jeezy and yeah. Gucci in the and same room. Yeah, Brandy. Monica. That would have never uh, happened on Versus. Uh, I think probably would have been home. safer if it would have been on <laughs> yeah. the no, phones. Say, it but... was a safe night. It was, yeah. good. it was. I was there. It was a, you know, it was a good night. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a bunch of them. Like DMX is Snoop, but yeah. but then, but again, yeah, like I think the culmination of what Dipset, Dipset, and the locks was like. I'm sure y'all felt the same way. Like I was literally in front of my television, like a 13 year old girl watching a Justin Bieber concert. Like, oh, yeah. I, I like, still rewatched it. Was Locks no, first dipset yeah, to this day? Like, I still rewatch we it. We just watched it on the bus, like uh, on tour. Like, like I just the thing I didn't like. TV. The thing I didn't like before was online. Everybody had to, like even Rory did the dips is gonna kill him. I'm like, y'all no. don't know the Locks was signed with like. Can we go Ruff back Rod in the tape? And no, Bad yeah. Boy. I don't remember no, saying yeah, that. This was the other podcast. You know. I know, and I, I remember saying that Diffs will get New York, but Locks has the world, and everyone no. killed me for saying that. It's the no. other way around. I'm like, no, it's not. No, I, I, I went felt on, like you had the Diffs winning, though. I, I did. Uh, I, don't I, I, went so. on, I went on y'all ex's I don't think show. So. He called me. My ex's show. And I went. And Another called, ginger. <laughs> he called me, <laughs> and, you know, I was on there saying that I thought, Dips was going to take it. I guess, I don't know if he had heard I said it, but we we had it out and I had to call and apologize that I was wrong. And then style, and then on the breakfast club, I guess styles caught, caught that, um, that I said that. And when they asked him, they was like, yo, who are you upset about that? Like, you know, counted y'all out. And styles was like, I drum, like I did it. Gangster Girls with Drum. Like, yeah. how did Drum count me out? And I was like, damn. I was, mm-hmm. And then Kiss was like, nah, Drum's getting too much money. He's, you know, he doesn't even know what's going on. Like, and that's not true. I'm taking my flowers because we were at the Lloyd Banks concert backstage and I told P right before they did it, a few days, I said, if y'all don't come out to fuck you, you shouldn't Ooh. play it. Oh, you called that one? And Styles gave me the credit afterwards and, oh, and said, mm-hmm. yeah, when I, I yeah, seen I Rory, that. he said, oh, word? play fuck you first. That's the way to start. Ooh. Yeah, no, I had, I had the locks. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. And you had, I, I had listen. It was recorded, winning. so you I could be totally from wrong, the, but I know for a fact I, I told you. Yeah. Lake had Lake had the. You locks. can't be signed with Bad Boys and the Rough Riders. Like it's just Lake, it's too Lake, much shit there, bro. But but what I will say is, the locks benefited from the way the platform was absolutely at the time. Sure, if that yeah. if it would have been we were in, old in home versus on the phone, on the yeah, phones, yeah, 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 no, no, it no. would have been different. Yeah, 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 because of because of us seeing their chemistry as a group. And because of their showmanship, yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, Dipset like and Kiss is a better rapper than people think. Yeah, like if we'd have just been at home, they would have been playing songs. It would have rang off a little different. But mm. the, the Locks put on a master class, like yeah, you know, legendary. Sure and I would do the same fucking thing if I get my verses. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm really like that. And now I think about him versus Khaled because Khaled we know is obviously extremely charismatic and talks. But I think you would be his match in that. I think you could beat Khaled in the pause to talk game too. Set it up. Khaled we might outperform you. I think. I think uh, Rock He's Nation. Get into his not shit. to bring you back to it. You they would have to set it up. Let the records go. Wait, did you? Did you not? Oh, you see, you lost your wallet. So you don't. You didn't see what I did on stage at Barclays. No, yeah, you don't. You don't I lost see, my wallet going into. So he got robbed. Is what he go to my Instagram. So you okay. got to see what I do on stage. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. I'm really like that. Okay. Like I'm the full package. All right. Yeah, nobody's outperforming me. All right. Let's, I'm going to see it happen. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't even get the connection between Tyler's beef with Khaled. Oh yeah, this could get this could get messy. This could get really messy. <laughs> I just want to be there. 
Because you oh, got to yeah, bring Tyler out oh, yeah. against Khaled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get, oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Get, I forgot about Yeah. I play my fucking Grammy Award winning album. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's make it happen. It'll be fun. It'll, Versus got to make it'll that happen. Be great for the culture, man. No, absolutely. Khaled is an enormous figure within the culture. He's done some amazing nah, things. No, Khaled's a goat. Khaled yeah. is a goat. You know, yeah. I don't know if you get him on here if he's going to tell you the same about me, but. No, Khaled will, Khaled will only talk to Elliot Wilson. He won't talk listen, to him. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with s- saluting anybody in the game. I, right. I'll give them their flowers, well deserving. But mm-hmm. listen, I am like, if we we be talking verses and we talking twenty records, I'm ready to go. Khaled, I'm ready to go. Khaled plays and Wild we, Thoughts. What do you play? I'm not telling. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh-huh. You saw it, I was like, I'm not telling. But guess what? I'm trying we, to get this moving. But guess yeah. what? We've we've talked about it. We we got it all set. You have your set ready to go. I'm ready to go. Uh then do and we then, do you know, respectfully, there's gonna be certain artists that might have to do some records with him and then do some with me. Cause yeah. we definitely have work with the same common, artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Shit, which is, that would that would actually cool. be great how they did the locks like, and dip set where it was like 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. Wayne, 15 minutes. Back and forth. Yeah. I mean, Wayne would probably get exhausted. But <laughs> if you did per artist for rounds mm-hmm. and then do Lake versus Lenny S for the undercard. Because <laughs> there was a verse. There is a verse. Look at that undercard. <laughs> Lake versus Lenny S. I'm taking Lake. Um, it's, there, there was a versus. Wasn't there a versus where an artist had to come out and do a song with both or not that hasn't happened yet no uh, you were talking about uh, he's talking about uh, Ray J and uh, RSVP <laughs> Sammy Bobby uh, V <laughs> that was v. a great one too that was a fucking classic night yeah, that was man. a classic RSVP. that was a classic night we got a great group out of <laughs> we it got too. that for free have y'all watched do y'all watch Bobby V and Ray J on live yes it is no. the funniest I'm waiting for the show did you see the one where they were like harmonizing and yes. Ray and Ray was like, "No, now you go, now yes. you go, no, 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 no." It's like this, like it's the greatest shit ever. Yo, them niggas by accident. There, that's we, the greatest accident that the culture TV has show. ever gotten. We Absolutely. need that TV show. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, we we've kept you here long enough. This yeah, was amazing. we appreciate fun, you man. coming by, kicking it with us, man. We wanted to just salute you and say, um, congrats on everything, bro. I appreciate like, that. We, Thank I you. feel like your name is not mentioned enough when we start talking about labels and executives, like. We definitely need to start mentioning you more. So we appreciate you coming by, kicking it with Absolutely, us. Absolutely, man. man. I thank y'all. And, and salute on the Grammy because that's fucking that. huge. Thank you. Thank are you. Are we allowed to talk about the shit you and I are trying to put together? Or we, um, should we wait? Not trying to put together. Putting we, together. Can we? Te- can we? Could te- yeah, we could tease it a little bit. I, yeah. There, there is some podcast gangster grills. There's something in the works. Centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout, shout synergy. All the but all the buzzwords. Shout to my brother Kenya Barris. Yes. Shout yeah. to Kenya Barris and um, Weezy. He's go ahead. Not not the rapper, just Wheezy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Wheezy yeah. the podcast. Shout out to Wheezy. <laughs> Wheezy's doing, she said she was going to come on. She's doing her podcast right now. Congratulations yeah. to her, too. But yeah, definitely have some Gangsta Grills podcast uh, uh, situations in the works. Which I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, so. dope. Well, thank you, man. We Absolutely, appreciate man. you. We'll see you no, soon. We got to come me. catch you on the road. Come on to the shows. I got to see the show because I didn't see it yeah, at Barclays. Please do, because so, yeah. when you just said that about showmanship and on stage. I got to come see it. Uh-huh. I yeah. took that a little personal. I'm, so- I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you, bro. We appreciate you. You wanted me to talk about shit. I've been talking about shit. Oh, yeah. Maul Roy. I love appreciate it. it. Um, congrats to y'all, man. Thank all, you. All the success and everything. Thank you. you know appreciate you, man. Love.